What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode 48 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the coolest dudes in video games, Colin Moriarty and Greg Miller. Hello, Tim. It's good to be I with like you that. Today. You kept that for a while. That's what I do, that Tim. Face. I commit. Face. I committed to Converse. Mm-hmm. Committed to being fat. Mm-hmm. Committed to glasses. Okay. DC Comics. Yeah. PlayStation. Yep. Not committed to Kevin. Chicken if you want to get rid of Kevin at any second, at any moment. Yeah, he's having one That's of those days. That's what I days. said. Yeah, right before we went live, you said you're having one of those days. You need to shut the fuck up. I mean, it's just it's a, I'm allowed to say that out of love, but Kevin, it's like it's not so much that he talks too much; it's that's that he's not quiet enough. Mm. Yeah, that is a problem. It's a huge yeah. problem with Kevin. Yeah, yeah, but I love him. Oh, that's not yeah. nice. Don't give me a finger, Kevin. I love him. You want to paid? Don't flip people off, Kevin. Yeah, you're better not... than that. You were raised better than that. Were you? He wasn't. No. Yeah, I don't know that you were. So this is a show about video games where every week we talk about why we love video games and all the cool things about them. You can get it early over at patreon.com slash games. Throw some money that way. You'll get audio and video early. It's a great time. If you don't want to do that, you can wait. YouTube.com slash games. Topic by topic. Day by day. I'm trying to steal Greg's words. I love it. No, you're doing possible. a very slow, laid back. <laughs> We're just here on Today's, today's been a crazy talking day. Talking about NPR. It's yeah. fun, man. I got my uh, McDonald's yeah. coffee. This is a new. Have you tried it yet? Uh, yes, I just what had my feel? first sip. I enjoyed it. Okay. It's no Dunkin'. It's no DDs. They Dunkin didn't have the there. DDs. Oh, I know. For a long time, I had to have mom ship me DDs. Mm. But then they started finally selling it on Amazon. Of course, Amazon said they delivered it yesterday. I haven't seen hide nor hair of that. I'm telling Dunkin you, man. Amazon, I love them to death. Mm-hmm. They're one of my favorite things in the world. But it's too, you're, they're slipping on them. They're, they're slipping. Because I feel like they're Amazon now and all they're like. We're doing shit where it's like we're giving you it before you even order it. Right. Like that stuff is kind of fucking up the two day shit. Yeah. Because I've never had them mess up. And now in the past six months, I feel like they've messed up maybe four times for me. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm still okay with that. That's not that bad of a, a mess up, right? Sure. But it's a lot worse than none. It's true. So that's an issue. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about this coffee. It does smell like McDonald's coffee. Yeah. Da, 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 da. I'm loving it for sure. Um, was there more uh, rigmarole to go through? Nah. Yeah, kindoffunny.com slash store. There's t-shirts and stuff. Those are cool. Um, there's mugs and other things. If you're listening to this Friday night as a patron, come see us at PSX tomorrow, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Um, if it's Monday, you missed it, but hopefully yeah. it's up. Hopefully we'll have recaps. We will have recaps, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, are we going to post the... Are we recording the panel? That would be the plan. Okay. Cool. It's one of those, like, that's theoretically going to happen. I haven't, in all my conversations with PlayStation about our uh, PSI Love UXOXO being the only p- podcast there, I haven't talked to them about, is the soundboard in the back? Is that going to be easy mm. to get off of? Da, 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 da. Mm. So we'll see. I, I, if you remind me after this, I'll hit up my contact. Yeah, we should, we should look into that because I would like to have that oh, I want, for our I, records. I've been saying we're going to have it to everybody. I've been lying to everyone's face as Got if it. this is all set. But then today I looked at Kevin and I said, and Kevin will go from there because we're hoping to do some interviews, go from there to record mm-hmm. the panel. And Kevin looked back at me. And when I saw his eye, I realized this is tougher than just saying that's going to happen. Yeah. Hopefully... It, as professional as it's been coming together so far mm-hmm. with them wanting our assets and I'm not going to be running anything. I'll just call things out and it'll happen. Maybe they're taping them for us and just give us stuff on the thumbnail. Ooh, that'd be super good. I would like that because then I need to do less work. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big fan of what not work are you going to do there. I'm the one who will edit that show and put it up. Kevin will be yeah, the one filming it. Well, well you're over there eating nachos. That's and the thing. I, I have a feeling I'm going to be shooting it. What's Kevin going to be doing? I don't know. Yeah. Slow jerking, jerking it. it. That was yeah. very slow. That wasn't a slow jerk at all. Yeah, that was like a, that was a normal jerk. Zero fucks given jerk. But it, okay, so do it one more time for me. See, it's not okay. I'll give you. It's not slow, but it's definitely a lackadaisical jerk. Well, what I like look about it, it, look at like there's no loose like, grip. There's, there's, nice, no, exactly, like, there's exactly. a twist at the top. Yeah, like a fucking twist off. 
Oh my god. Yeah. What have you guys been playing lately? <laughs> <laughs> I've been bouncing around a lot. Mm. Uh, this is our first games cast since Thanksgiving, correct? Yeah. Okay, good. So I went to the, I went away for Thanksgiving, and mm-hmm. right before I left for Thanksgiving, I finished a game, and I've already forgotten. Oh, Fallout. And, not, and there's something else in there. I thought whatever. I didn't want to jump right into what, what was what was the gun? Battlefront. Right. I was playing Battlefront. Right. There's I was no fucking. It's today's topic actually. <laughs> that published said. today. Uh, you playing the storm fucking game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was playing that as a holdover because I didn't want to get into anything, right? Yeah. And I also then we did uh, Let's Plays that were about our backlog. Mm-hmm. And I played Assassin's Creed Syndicate and I was like, fuck, I want to play this all the way through. I, I'm, mm. I, I like Assassin's Creed every now and again. From what I played a Syndicate, I was like, yeah, I'm in, okay. But on the dock, it had been Syndicate, Tomb Raider, waiting for Just Cause, right? Mm. Uh, Tomb Raider and Syndicate we had, but I didn't want to dive into and get started and then just go away again. So went away, played a whole bunch of stuff on Vita on the flight. Shocking, I know. Played through the Flower. You ever heard of this Flower game? Flowers on... You ever heard of Flower? You played it on Vita? Yes. Yes. On Vita, Vita. is it motion or is it just... It's uh, motion, yeah. There's an... You can... It's... Yes, you can... I'm trying to remember. It's motion, but there's a secondary system, but it's not intuitive. It's not normal. It's still weird. Still weird experimental like, shit. Like the touchpad or something. I don't, can't remember if it was up and down touch or if it was front and back touch or if it was just sticks. But I was pitching and yawn. But it wasn't. It. I was like, oh good, I don't have to use the motion because I want to be this guy in the plane seat. Yeah, it's weird. And then it was still like, oh, motion's the way to go. Also played. Um, what do you think of Flower? I've played Flower before. Oh, this okay. is like my first time in a long time sitting down and like playing. I'm gonna go through every one of the Flower Got worlds it. or whatever. Yeah. It was fun. It's still the same thing of just like I wish it was a little bit more precise. You know, I, I yeah, know it's yeah, supposed yeah. to be relaxing. I, you know, I mean, I was. Working when Flower came out, obviously. I covered Flower from mm-hmm. the Genesis. From, from the, the seed. Being a seed. Yeah. And uh, I understand that's the whole shtick or whatever of it. It's just like free-flowing. But for me, it was kind of annoying. Like, ah, especially yeah. later when you're like bashing buildings and stuff. And it's like, well, God, go back and bank out and come back yeah, and try yeah, to yeah. get it. But it's fine. It was fun. It's good. I, I love Flower. So but I, it was one of those things where I was like looking at the trophies. like, hmm. And then I was like, nah, you know what? No, no. I don't want to do this one. <laughs> and I want to. I got to look it up. Because I played a game that I hadn't even. I didn't even know was out on. Uh, it had slip, slip under my radar in terms of it. Now, and so now we gotta. What have you been playing, Colin? Where I look this up? Nothing. Okay. Damn, I thought that would fill more time. <laughs> you, you had a very uncolin, but also very Colin Thanksgiving break. Yeah, I just didn't. I haven't felt compelled to play anything, so I haven't. I uh, I haven't played a game in like two weeks. Um, I think I messed around with Fallout a little bit at some point, and again, and then I booted up Just Cause three yesterday to start playing it. But then I got distracted with other stuff. Then I started playing it and realized I didn't really like the control scheme. So I kind of have to get over that. And I don't know. I'm just in one of those positions I think all gamers find themselves in every once in a while, which is I just don't. I just, there's just nothing out there that I really like that's really, really driving me to play. So mm-hmm. uh, I've just been like watching TV and reading books and trying to socialize with friends or doing whatever, you know, other things that are that are out there. But I'll get back into it. They're, they're, I'm, I'm sad in hindsight that I didn't play anything because I feel like I wasted quite a bit of free time. Um, you didn't waste it though if you enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. That's I the thing. Yeah. When you try to, for- I've done it. You've done it. We've done it. When you try to force yourself to game, oh, I have to play this for review or to be able to talk about it or whatever. And it's just, not the same. It's not the way to go. Yeah. The game I was trying to say is I played Actual Sunlight. Have you huh. heard of Actual Sunlight? No. It's one of those I, I like to jump into the Vita store every so often, dig around, try to find something when I'm going on a trip. Found Actual Sunlight. Hadn't heard of it. And it's a game all about killing yourself. It's a. It's a super depressing look at being depressed and what this is and it's it kind of is it's like you know from a very honest place of the creator it's, it's one of the indie games obviously uh of the creator who m- makes it he does a couple things where he even breaks the fourth wall like you come out of your apartment one day all mm-hmm. depressed and it's like 
little eight bit sprites or whatever moving around maybe 16 bit it's it's little guys you know what i mean like look they look remind me if you remember of course the big headed ghostbusters game on a mm. game boy that's what we're dealing with uh but you come out and there's two like you're you walk around you interact with things but like you know even if you say hi to the person at the coffee shop you click on it then you get like you know what's happening in his head and stuff and how depressed he is and how fucked up his life is and this is the you know, blah, blah, blah. and so there's this one it's this is like young couple and you walk up to them and it's it's like a paragraph of text from the author being like hey if you're a depressed teen, depressed young 20-something, this isn't you. This isn't your life. This is this guy in his late 30s who's depressed. It's all these really heavy, heavy themes, shit. heavy, heavy themes in this interesting thing you're going through and having. Yeah, it's. I guess it's weird because you're moving around and interacting with objects and stuff, but it's really all told through text. You just get there and it's like, da, 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 and it's all this text. And it's mm-hmm. not just like. A conversation every time it's like you're getting you're reading a story about how depressed this person was super interesting different you know what i mean i didn't know what i was getting into other than like it was supposed to be depressing about suicide and that's exactly what it was and so it was interesting it's i, I don't it sounds weird to say it was interesting because this is like some yeah. real people struggle with this dep- kind of depression on this level and they actually go and take this side out and so it's interesting to play through it and feel those emotions as that character but not obviously on the same level you know what mm-hmm. i mean but it was a fun character experience of going through and playing and feel like you know you know when you meet people who are depressed or people who are a bit more inward and stuff to have a look at what that's like you know mm-hmm. what i mean because we've all been depressed i've never been depressed on that level of course yeah uh but it was interesting it was a good case study interesting about an hour and a half on vita mm-hmm. uh, and i'm sure it's you know probably playstation 4 as well but of course if it isn't on vita i don't play it yeah exactly you know what i mean that makes sense uh then i got to chicago and still was like I want something to get lost in. Like, you know what I mean? This is where I keep talking about. Like, uh, I'd love a Western RPG. Yeah, I just came off Fallout, right? But I would love just a Western RPG on Vita where I'm just going around taking quests and doing this. And so I was toying around. Blah, blah, blah. And finally, I looked. I was, you know, I did the, the Google of like best RPGs on Vita. Like, tell me what RPGs are on Vita that I haven't reviewed or aren't from my time period or whatever kind of thing. You know what I mean? There's obviously everybody's persona. And I'm like, well, yeah, I've, I've been saying persona for a long time too. But then eventually when I was going through Chrono Trigger popped up mm. and I was like, Oh, oh right. yeah, I saw you tweet about this. Yeah. Chrono Trigger's on there and I've never played Chrono Trigger being a dumb Sega kid or whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. So I got that jumped in, not at all deep into it. Maybe yeah. an hour, hour and a half, you know, I got the frog. Mm-hmm. We're going through a, a door. I My just dude. opened up off the organ. I'm pretty stoked about it. What's on the other side, but I'm enjoying it. You know what I mean? And that was the thing of like, I think I might be just in that mindset where that's going to scratch the itch the way it's supposed to. Because mm-hmm. if you remember in the lead up to Grandia 2, not Grandia 2, I apologize, um, Sweet It Into, right? Uh, coming out on Vita P. Jerry Petty was hyping me up for it. And everything he said sounded so great. And then I got it, played it, and it just, it's like, oh, okay, cool. And put it down and never got back to it. You know what I mean? And so now I feel like I'm in that thing because there's still a couple more travel situations coming up where I'll be on planes going around yeah. and seeing Christine's folks and stuff where sitting there with this game on mute and making my choices and doing battle sounds like it'll be perfect. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that as my game on the go. That's exciting. I'm excited to hear what you have to say about it at the end. Good game. Don't spoil it for me. I won't. I assume I time travel again. I'm not. I can't. I can't be trapped this far in the past. Mm. So I'm gonna get out of. The, I'm gonna get out of the past <laughs> for sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I've been playing a lot of Battlefront, just like here and there. Still. Pick up. Yeah, it's. I just think it's fun. Like it's. It's totally. Bro, I agree like, with you. 100. Not that much fun. content. Whatever. But like, yeah, I'm. I'm loving it. And like, uh, my roommate loves it too. And like, we just keep trading off like matches, just playing. And I'm like, this oh, you're not doing like split screen together? No, we tried, and I mean, it's cool. Yeah, but it's in you know, with the game like this where it is so much about the the graphics and the like. The look and the feel and stuff yeah. like having it one screen really 
it's nice. Gotcha. So we're just trading off on that. Um, the the biggest thing though is I tried playing the Walking Dead Telltale games oh, for the yeah. first time. So I, recently I got really into to, to Walking Dead, all because of Greg after yeah. years, but also my girlfriend who randomly started watching the show, which makes no sense. But she got really into it. She, she loves like, oh, good television. So I read I read all the comics. I'm caught up on that. I'm like I should play these games. Like at this point, like I should go back and do it. I played the Game of Thrones game on uh, for Telltale, but sure. I never did Walking Dead. So I tried playing with her, but I wanted to have it that she plays. So I didn't want to touch the controller at all, and mm-hmm. just have her do it because um, she never plays games. Ah, She's okay. never played a game ever, and uh, except for like mobile shit. And oh my god, that experience! She loves it. Like we only played one and a half episodes. Gotcha. That took like four hours though. Like <laughs> it took so long to the point that it was like, oh my god, it's frustrating. But like even now, she's like, I can't wait to come back and play. Like, that's oh, awesome. So, like that's like, really she's cool. Really, she's like, I'm thinking about it. What happens to Clem? I want to know what happens to Clem. I'm like yeah. this, this is great. You're like, I know. Um, but it's just funny because like seeing a gamer or seeing someone that doesn't play games play games is like mm. there's certain things you're like, how do you not get this? How does this not make sense? But you're like, oh well, it just doesn't make sense because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Right. But it's like she'll get the movement down, but then the camera, it's like. For those doing audio like, listens, he's jerking around. It's it's really it's <laughs> slow and jerky, and it's like slow and jerky. Every around. single chance that a zombie attacks her to that could kill her, yeah, she's died. It's over multiple times, and it's like it's funny watching it. it like oh man, she gets super into it, and like super like every single choice, she's just like things that means the world. Does like, she pause it, or does she like and actually make the choice before it expires? Oh, you can pause it. Yeah, you could hit like PlayStation button or hit start. I think even to pause oh. it and then be like, oh man, what are we gonna do? Oh yeah, no, no, no. I mean, that would pr- explain that to her would probably break her. Brain. Sure. Well, no, it's 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 <laughs> much, like part of the fun, right? Is the meter counting down? Like, fuck, I hate like this guy, but what do I do? It. What do I say? Yeah, it's it's cool though. But I've been really in, enjoying That's that. Um, and then I dabbled in the rise of the Tomb Raider. Ah, which is what this topic is about. Actually, oh, well, yeah. I'm not done. Yeah, okay. I came back from Chicago uh-huh. in my Vita escapades. Played Rise of the Tomb Raider. Beat Rise of the Tomb Raider last yes. night. Then I jumped into Just Cause Three. Oh, okay. played some of that and then or actually reverse those in this order not that it all matters to you uh we jumped in and did more of the arkham knight dlc mm. there you go sorry you had a real busy fucking time i did well yeah, i came home and then it was like i gotta play rise of the tomb raider and i was also ready just to chill out and be left alone yeah. not that i didn't enjoy home but you know you gotta talk to people yeah but so like saturday and sunday pretty much played rise of tomb raider as much as i wanted to mm-hmm. beat it last night and then I was like, cool, now I can get Just Cause 3 in so I can have something to talk about today. Yeah. Just Cause 3 did that normal bullshit where you put it in. And it's like, I'm I'm loading it up. You're like, oh, great, it's loaded up. You go in. It's like, oh, no, I got to install. I'm like, I just want to play yeah, something. Like, Jumped out and did the Catwoman Robin mission in Arkham Knight and then went in and started chipping away at like the car challenges that have been DLC added and the combat rooms that have been added. No, oh, cool. I want those trophies. I don't like I hate Colin will feel me on this one. High five preemptively. I hate when you have the platinum trophy, but then they add the DLC and it drops like, now you have 76%, but you have the platinum. Mm, that can't stand. Yeah. No. Uh-uh. Yeah. Damn, that's some shady shit. It's a good move to get me that. go back. Yeah. Except for DC Universe Online, where I have like the platinum and 15% of the trophies, because they've added so many goddamn raid so trophies. Funny. Um, all right. So the topic for today is Rise of the Tomb Raider. Of the Tomb I want Raider. you to give your, your thoughts and impressions on it. Sure. Now, people keep getting super upset about the way these videos are headlined, where they're like... The, the oh, I is, saw it today. Don't be clickbaity. And we keep getting that. And it, the back, it's uh, why you need to play blank game. Sure. Right? I saw the backlash. I heard. I hear you. I totally get it. So I changed it to why you should play instead of need to. Because need, I get a little aggressive. Yeah. And like people, if they're going to be upset about it. 
really all it means is it's us discussing. Why you the may game. want to play. Yeah. Why you may or may not enjoy Rise of the Tomb Raider. So that's the thing is like people are just getting super upset and it's like you know what I trigger mean. warning. We're gonna give you an opinion on this <laughs> game, <laughs> right? So I'm trying to adapt and trying to find something that like works. Yeah. So from now on, for now, I'm gonna try doing. Should I play Tomb Raider? Okay. <laughs> Won't they? Will that be accused of being clickbaity as well? I don't care. I mean, I'm well, trying, that's guys. what I'm saying. Well, no, I think it's just part of like when. At what point do we just bite down and say we're kind of funny? Well, this th- world. All right. Let, let's let the here we go. Collins off leash. No. Let's talk the about the bulldog is in the cat house. <laughs> in the cat house. <laughs> Meow. <laughs> The Battlefront, I was really confused. I went back and I just yesterday I looked at the Battlefront uh, YouTube video that we did or whatever for, you know, for this show. And, you know, like a three to one like to dislike ratio, which is pretty little high. I think for it's us. the worst that we've ever. Yeah. Done. And, and I was like, OK, people are basing this there. You have, you can't ignore a lot of this, Tim, because it's, oh, a lot of, it's a lot of bullshit in the sense that, like, anyone who actually listened to the video knew that, like, I was not impressed at all with what I've seen of the game and that I think it's a waste and all this kind of stuff. So people that were... When you read a lot of the comments, you can just really tell who, who, who actually, actually watched saw yeah, the headline, uh, clicked on it, and yeah. So, like, sure, I totally so get just, that. So just, you know, like, I, I'm not, don't I'm not, let them change. I'm not basing that just off cares. the Star Wars thing. I'm basing it also off all of the... It, this has been an ongoing process. Yeah, it is, but, but you have to understand, this is, you know, it it's a small group of people complaining about yep. things, and, you know... I'm just saying you got to kind of take Title that into this one Rise of the Tomb Raider Game of the Year Nip <laughs> Slip mark? Free iPhone. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, I don't know. And I'm, I'm just saying, I'm letting you guys We're know listening. that I do pay attention to this stuff and like I get it. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things of just like, it's it, again, when I title it Why You Should Play This. Yeah, you were talking down about it. We were also talking about what we did like about it. No, we're no, not I, saying it's a perfect game. And that's why we're not saying review because we're not like, it's just saying, here's the things we like about these yeah. games. But well, I, I think what I'm saying is that it's there is a balanced discussion about it. The comments, I think, were like at completely out of control on that video yeah. and were quite indicative of a group of people that didn't watch the video. And I'm sure the analytics would play that out, too. Mm-hmm. So um, so I'm just throwing that out there because yep. I was quite disappointed, actually, with the response on that video, just in the sense of like, what's wrong with everybody? Like, why can't first of all, why can't you embrace a game that you like? Why does it why does it have to be so cool to? to hate a certain game. I think Battlefront's super underwhelming from a, you know, that's why I've, I've not messed around with it in the sense that it's, I want to play a campaign. I want to do all these things, but I don't care if people enjoy it. It's the same thing. Like I'll shit on clash of clans all day, but if you enjoy the game, you know, know, whatever you want to do is fine with me. I just don't understand why people get, get off on, well, if someone likes this game, therefore thumbs down, therefore angry comment, and therefore paid off. Yeah, EA, EA totally paid us for that Battlefront, uh, that Battlefront video in which I told, I said it was a half baked <laughs> casual game that is missing all these things that I want. Yeah, they were, they really got some bang for their buck on that video. We'll no see. The, the real trick is they paid us all to argue about if Dead Space One or Two is better. Mm. They drum it back up, <laughs> yeah, so that people buy Dead Space Three, get it to that six million mark, make a Dead Space Four. Oh my God. So uh, there's lots of layers to this, but Tomb Raider. I played and beat Rise of the Tomb Raider. Really enjoyed it. Here at at the end of it now, now that credits have rolled and everything else, I feel like it is very much the same deal with the original Tomb Raider uh, game. You know, reboot. You know what I'm saying here? The PS4. Yeah. Xbox One? No, that would be Definitive Edition. It's so confusing. The goddamn Camilla Luddington Tomb Raider. PS3, Xbox 360, and then PS4 and Xbox One. Amazing gameplay. Totally awesome. Has it hooks in you? Has it hooks? Has its hooks in you? Forgettable story. Why am I moving? To, that was my thing with your last Tomb Raider, right? Of like people are dying and getting picked off and da da da. It's like, why do I care about any of these guys? Like, who are these people? You know what I mean? And it was the same. And then you jump into this game, 
And from the get-go, you're with a guy, or not from the get-go, but in the beginning of the game, you're with that guy, mm-hmm. right? And you're going through, and it wasn't for a while that I was like, oh, he's from the last game? I don't really rem- I don't, I assume, okay, sure, whatever, he's from the last game, you know what I mean? I played and loved the last game and don't remember this dude. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling, it, like, right now, if you're asking me, how does, what happens in the, the first Tomb Raider, right? They get stranded, the island's all fucked up, and... There's like a ghost at the end that does something. I don't recall what her deal was, but there's a ghost that does something. Am I wrong? You you know it for, for you get to the end and there's a ghost or whatever, and you put her back in her trap and everybody's happy. Yeah, I don't like I, okay whatever. And I have a feeling if you ask me a year from now what this Tomb Raider is, I'll be able to give you more of like well it was this guy that and it was this like mm-hmm. I can give you all of that. But they're doing this whole thing where they're like. There's like this overarching group of bad guys organization that's clearly going to be the next game. And it's like, I just like exploring shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the best parts of, and that, like, that all sounded a little bit negative, I know. The best parts of Rise of the Tomb Raider are just exploring and hunting and upgrading and going. Combat isn't its strong suit, I don't feel like. And they don't shove it down your throat until the end. Mm. At the end, they do the traditional video game bullshit of like, all right, you just got to get up this one last peak. So you're going to go down this linear hallway, and there'll be three waves of increasingly harder enemies. Then you'll get here. There'll be a boss fight where harder enemies is just like, all right, guys, this is not why I like this game. You know what I mean? Everything up until here has been fantastic. I'm, you know, the biggest, like, disappointment for me and this is just this is one of those things of this is a meta disappointment right is the fact that it's not on ps4 because this is a game i would have platinum i don't care i don't know what my achievement score is i don't that doesn't do anything for me right so i'm not going to 1000 percent this if this was a ps4 game now that i've beaten it and rolled credits i would totally go back find the other tombs upgrade all my weapons da 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 get more out of that game Mm -hmm. and that's just that's a, a personal Gre- thing, but that's a greg miller block not a not a knock against the game block you know what i mean so if you're into that that's great but the way it ends then, it does end for me with that like bad taste in my mouth. I'm like, ah, that, that, that helicopter fight, that was kind of frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, why yeah. was it like that? And why did this happen? But that aside, that tiny little bit at the end, everything else is so much fun to go mm-hmm. do. You know what I mean? It is, it's exactly what I loved about Tomb Raider Expanded. In the, all right, cool, I've killed this thing and I've got this pelt, so now I'm going to do this. And then, oh, I'm so much closer to getting more arrows. Mm-hmm. I just have to go out and find this exotic beast and do this, that, and the other. And, it's fun. It's great. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, my favorite thing about it is that it's it's more Uncharted style gameplay. And I don't think that enough games do that. And it's especially not well. Yeah. You know, like we got third person action games and shooter games. But like that's kind of its own mini genre where it's like this this linear ish story based right. like thing where every single moment the character looks like it's about to die. Like it's never just like. Things are slightly that bad. Adventures, they say. Yeah, exactly. It's just yeah. like they they jump across the cliff and the, the mountain behind them explodes. Of course, they're gonna fall and, tr- yeah, and slide like, down. And, and like that, it's that moment to moment, like pulse pounding. The, there is no sense of pacing. It right. is just go 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 go. And like I love that. I like that it, it is more. And I feel like um, you can't take those comparisons too far though, because they are different games. Yeah, it's not like you can because I've seen a lot of people like. Saying like, oh, this is better Uncharted. And it's like it's a, it's way different than Uncharted. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the thing of like I like I'm saying, my favorite parts are like when you get to a new base camp and you're going through and unlocking these areas, and then you know, it 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 it, it was like 
an RPG where there's the side quests around you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, here's my main objective, but this guy's giving me something, so I'm going to do that, and now this has opened up these new points of interest, so I'm going to go do... And, like, they did this thing where it was like, I was 100%ing each, the first three or four areas before I was like, okay, let's I'm on a roll now of the story, mm-hmm. where I'm just like, nope, I'm here, great, let's get everything here, and that's not Uncharted. You know, yeah, the yeah, Uncharted yeah. is point A to B to C to D. Yeah, I mean, I personally enjoy that type of gameplay a bit more. Right? Yeah. It's, it's more my, my pacing and style. Sure, but, but you can ignore that Oh, here. yeah, no, for you know sure, I mean? and that, that's the cool thing. Um, I remember in Uncharted 2, there's the moment when you get to the village. I thought I was going to start doing that. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. we were going to get things, and I'm happy it didn't. Um, Excuse me, sir. Can you find more of my chickens? <laughs> You're like, no, I got to get out of here. Um, but the, the game is beautiful. Like, that's oh something God, that I'm yeah. just like, I'm like, it's like, holy shit, they are pushing things with this. And like, it's it very much exciting. But what's before. weird for me, and Colin pointed out too, so I'm not crazy, is the fact that the game is beautiful and it's moment to moment gameplay stunning. Mm-hmm. The cutscenes don't run well. Mm. The cutscenes pop up and they're like framey and like the, they, they're not done in engine, which is weird. You know what I mean? And like, that not you know like if you watch the last of us or something like you see just the same models moving in and out so it's fine whereas here they try to do more in the cutscenes, which make it make it look worse overall which is a yeah. really weird well, thing that's interesting i yeah. didn't really notice that but i mean thinking about it that does like next time you're sense. in a cutscene, just watch yeah. the way they move and animate unless it's my xbox dying it's, it's framing i mean i know it's one of those things that didn't stand out to me sure. but when you say that i'm like that's right yeah that yeah, is yeah, how yeah it is the one thing that i really really dug in i and i i imagine this is a a design choice that they were behind and understood at Crystal Dynamics is that in Tomb Raider, you start this thing. Lara wasn't meant for this life. This is, wasn't what she was out to set to do and kill people, right? Mm-hmm. So she is like scared, cowering, a little bit, you know, shaking, all this different stuff. That is non existent in this game. Mm-hmm. Like she is for, oh yeah, right. I survived the island with the fucking weird ghost. Yeah. I'm out to fucking murder people if I have to. You know uh-huh. what I mean? And that's where like I, I liked the combat more in this one because I felt like up until the end, there was a lot less uncharted gameplay of slammed up against a rock shooting people. It was like I move into an area and if I want, I can go in guns blazing or I can really be stealthy. And I was mm-hmm. stealthy every time and I'd go through and choke people out and kill them and, you know, poison grenade or uh, arrow people yeah. and all this different stuff. And it was like I felt powerful. I felt like I was they were in my world now. Mm-hmm. And even later on in the story, there's a you overhear a conversation. If I don't I, it's not like part of the story. You know, if you like, listen mm-hmm. to guards and let them talk, you overhear a conversation of like. There's this one guard, and they're like, is this your first time working on one of these operations? And he's like, no, I was actually on this island a while back where the, the Croft woman was, and I don't know how she got out of that alive. And, done, and it's like, yeah, right, fuck, I have history. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, these people should be scared of me. Well, what's cool about that is, um, and I, I got this feeling, but you talking about the secret organization or whatever, like, really drives it home, where the, the franchise now kind of reminds me of James Bond, where it's mm-hmm. the Daniel Craig James Bond movies. Where it's like, you're not really expected to know what happened in the previous one. They'll tell you what you need to know. And there is like, oh, there's this bigger thing out there. But it's more just have fun. Just go. Like, it's about the character. And it's also similar that Daniel Craig in uh, Casino Royale was becoming James Bond in the same way that Laura is becoming Laura Croft. And now this is kind of the more, I wouldn't say Quantum of Solace, but I would say more like the the Skyfall of it. Right. that's, That's cool. Yeah. And that's the one like. It's weird for me that it's like the inverse of what I normally think of when I think of a game and character progression where like the game would tell me through the cutscenes and the story that she's getting stronger and da 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 and this is what's happening. Whereas now the story is there, but even like your motive, your motivations are a bit shaky, I think, where you get to the end and no spoilers, there's, there's no choice to be made but like Lara has a choice in her cutscene, you know what I mean, like for her to make and she makes the one choice and it's like, okay, I wouldn't. Should that affect me more? Should it affect me less? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really, whatever, cool, you did what you had to do kind of thing. Whereas, like, I feel like from playing uh, uh, playing Aster in the game and seeing the way 
people are afraid of her and how I took her in. And she never, ever was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? You know what I mean? There's so many bad guys. It was just like, all right, cool. And just just fucking choking people. Yeah, stabbing people. So the tombs were kind of one of the big selling points of this game going into it. Like, do you think that they lived up to the hype and were they fun? They were fun, yes. I I guess what's the hype? When people were saying there was going to be tombs in this game, and again, this is the luxury we have, right, where I was radio silent on this. I didn't want to know about it. I'm like, oh, more Tomb Raider? Totally in. We went and did two Let's Plays with them, right? I wasn't on one of them. Mm-hmm. And the one we went to, we showed up late. We played a little bit to get the controls, and then we did that one area. And I was like, oh, this is a really cool hub world. Jumping into the tombs, I was expecting them to, con- like, I feel like when I'm thinking of tombs, like the way I was thinking we were getting into, I was thinking like Assassin's Creed 2-ish, where you'd find the secret areas to go in to get better armor or whatever. And they kind of went on a little bit too long, I always felt. Like, they were fun, and it was cool. And, like, mm-hmm. I would do that, again, clear the map before I went on the mission. I was expecting these to be too long. These are, I thought, really tidbits. They're smaller than I thought they'd be. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I thought these tombs would be something that I'd jump into and be there for 45 minutes trying to oh, be okay. off on my side. It's not that at all. It's like 20. And you yeah. get in there, and it's logical where you should go and what you should do. Like, I think back to original Tomb Raider, and I'm talking about now, mm-hmm. you know, fucking really pointy Lara Croft, right? And I remember playing that game and getting to puzzles and being like the fuck do they want me to do that never happened here you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. which i like i like no, the fact exactly. of this kind of action game i mean it, it reminds they remind me of the prince of persia games two gens ago my god PS2? i can't believe they're not last Sands of time yeah um that trilogy where it's like you enter the room and the camera kind of swoops around and shows yep. you where yep, you're yep, supposed yep, to yep, go yep. so it's less of a puzzle and more of like a here's what you're doing figure it out yeah and i, I enjoy that more and like yeah, yeah. i one of my biggest critiques of uncharted is i don't like the puzzles and i think they're they're a little too just like they're unnecessarily complicated and way too simple at the same time. Um, whereas these, I'm like, I like this. This is sure. just, it's fun to do. Exactly. I, I'll agree with that. Where I, like, in this, back to your point, like, I didn't hate, I don't hate Uncharted puzzles, yeah. but I do understand what you're talking about where you're like this, you're barreling down a hill and then there's this hard stop of like, well, what the fuck do I do here? You know, move these things around, twist that. And like, this is not that. This is you walk in. It's like, all right, platform over there, do this thing, slam that into the ice block, then try to, yep. how do I balance the weight here? Oh, okay. Da, 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 da. Yeah, there's action to the puzzles mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But they were fun, no, like that. It, but like for me, it was like it it totally nails. Like I always talked about it with the original Tomb Raider, the fact that it nails being a video game. It's unabashedly a video game. You kill something and you get the nuts and bolts, and you're like, okay, whatever. I got resources and I get to build something better. Same thing here, except now I feel like it's even more of a video game. We hit the the pause button. It's like here's all the shit you have to collect. Here's how much of it you've collected. Here's where it is. If you get that, then so like I was walking in and everywhere I'd go, every corner I would turn, I like boom, survivor sense and see what glows yellow and then try yeah. to go get it and investigate and then c- come back to base camp. Like, what did I need to build something? Oh, right there it is. Mm-hmm. Did you like the survivor sense thing? I did. Yeah. I thought, I think it's, you know, I, yeah, I remember when it first got put in the tomb, Ra- the last tomb writer. And it was like one of those things where people were like, what is that? And it was like, Oh cool. And like here it's the same way. And I feel like there's more to collect. There's more to do. It felt like there was more to build out and stuff. My one knock, I guess, is that like, when I was getting the skill points, which at the end just come like fucking water. Like I was like, I'd get to a thing and I had a five ready to put in when you were doing it, like tier one and two skill points. I feel like after I put in the, the first five, I was kind of like, yeah, the rest of these suck. You know mm. what I mean? And it took, I didn't really pay attention to the fact that putting more in then would unlock the third one. I wasn't, I was, I was like, oh, whatever, these all suck. I wasn't going down to see what three was where three is where it's like, Oh, that's really cool. So for anybody at home, getting ready to play this make sure you go and investigate tier three and then just dump the skill points into whatever you need to get to three on whatever one you want to go to because once you did that i was like oh awesome mm-hmm. uh, now i'm even more badass where i don't even have to aim my arrows i just pull them up and zoom in and it automatically locks the heads and shit I was like, oh great okay cool 
Any closing thoughts on it? A lot of fun. You know what I mean? Uh, I, you know, Colin came out early and was watching me play it and stuff. He's like, well, how is it? I'm like, it's climbing my list of games. I would say it's in my top 10 for the year for sure. Uh, I think it's, I, some people were talking to me online about it after I was like, I beat it in a, in a game of the year for sure. And I was like, an argument could be made. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's mine. I think it's definitely in the running for like my favorite games of the year. Tons of fun with it. Like I said, I think the points I need to give it are the fact that I would have easily sat there and platinumed it. You know what I mean? I would have sat there like I did with Fallout or like I tried with Metal Gear. Yeah. Or I would have come back and done more and more with it. Like there's more game there than I played and I enjoyed what I played. Mm-hmm. Cool. Second topic of the day. Why are games so broken? Colin, I'm going to let you kind of like lay out the, the land for this one. Yeah, I think that um, we've hit a somewhat of a critical mass with the nature of the way games are being launched um, and the acceptance in in gaming society, as it were, that this is kind of the new status quo. And this is this is disturbing to me, and it's different um, than the way games used to be released. Now, uh, games used to be released in a vacuum. If a game was broken in any way, then a game was broken forever. And there are examples of games, even back on you know uh, back a long ways, that were fundamentally broken, and and, and or ways that you could break them fundamentally. Um, and there were clever workarounds to make sure that you were never stuck in a game or anything like that. Um, Mega Man 1 always comes to, to, to mind. And Wily's Castle, there's a place where you could conceivably get stuck unless you realize you could go back down a ladder and get more energy that you can like then use to, to try again or whatever. So there's like these little workarounds that make a lot of sense. But now we have um, games that are just busted in fundamental ways when they're launched. And it's just becoming concerning with to me, especially in conjunction with... Uh, increasingly unreasonable season passes um, that are, you know, relaunched in conjunction with games as well as, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, I keep arguing that games are cheaper than ever and they are even at $60. They're way cheaper than they used to be um, in real money. But uh, are games also not more ambitious yet launched in a more unsavory state almost over and over again? And what reminded me of this was just reading about Just Cause 3 before I even put it in my own machine to play it, about how like fucked up it was for a lot of people. And Give I'm like, me a recap. I've seen a lot of tweets about it, people complaining. I, for me, it was the initial load was really long. Yeah, the load times are absurd. Uh, the uh, People were just having a lot of technical, I don't know if it was Digital Foundry or something, just having like significant dips in frame rate, like really bad consistent frame gotcha. rate, uh, memory, you know, memory leaking, and like a lot of different kinds of things that I'm like, wh- like how can you possibly launch games in this stage? It reminds me of... Arkham Knight with uh, on PC. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how can you possibly release this and not ex- and expect anyone to believe that there was no inclination anywhere in your QA team or at your studio that the game was fucking broken? You know, and I think that I don't know if it's the developer's fault as much as it's the publisher's. It's unclear because we're not there. But I just for every game that's that's pa- you know launched and it works fine and there are no patches or no necessarily necessary patches. I think of even a game like Until Dawn works right. But for every game like that, there's a Just Cause or there's an Arkham Knight or there's a like and I'm like, why? maybe we're becoming a little too lax as a community with accepting day one patches and accepting games going gold when they're not ready. And um, publishers being really beholden and their developers being really beholden to these release dates and launching games that are just not in a good state. And and I, I it, it's it's disturbing to me and it turns me off a little bit now um, when combined with, again, the very greedy nature of um, season passes and, and, and the very um, kind of suspect nature of like why games aren't delayed more and why there's so much shame 
in taking a little bit more time or why a company has to crunch to, to go gold and then crunch again to get a patch ready for day one. Like, why is that acceptable to us? Look at, you know, Tony Hawk's a great example of this. It, the rumor was that they were going to lose their license and they had to, and they had to get the game out. But people paid for that, mm-hmm. you know, and they just launched a seven gigabyte or something patch for it. Again, day, so yeah. there, I mean, there was the day one seven gig patch and now there's another seven gig patch that has a bunch of updates and shit. I mean, but that's like at this point, they're just like. What can we give you? So now you can be Ninja Turtles, which is cool. Okay. So to me, it's just I, I'm I, it, listening. It's it's a bit of a rambling kind of complaint, but I know a lot of people out there probably feel what I'm saying. It's I think everybody it's, does. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. There uh, we we should expect more, mm-hmm. and I don't think we're getting um, quality products anymore on a technical level without you know bogging down our hard drives with 20 gigabytes worth of updates for games. And it's just insane to me. And it goes, it's not like, it's becoming a bigger phenomenon, but it's not necessarily a recent phenomenon. I used to kid around about how you couldn't even fit Killzone on Vita with on like an eight gigabyte memory memory card or something like that. Like there were so many patch, the patch I think was bigger than the game. That's true. And and I'm like, like, what's going on? Why are we, this wasn't possible back in the day, so it didn't happen. Yeah. Now it's possible and it happens all the time. And I would rather it be the exception to the rule than the rule. And that's what's happening is that, you know, I go through my game sometimes and I just click, you know, you know, the options button and I look at the details and I was going through my cross media bar or whatever on PS4. And I was like, the only game on here that doesn't have a patch is Mega Man Legacy Collection, a, a series of games released in the 80s and 90s that there's no reason to patch, you know, because um, they work fine with the exception of some slowdown and stuff. So but then you go through like Witcher and you're like, Jesus Christ. Christ, how many updates are going to be on this game or or Arkham Knight or, or anything like that? And I'm like, ah, it's just it's just it's it's disappointing yeah. to me. I, I really mean, f- those are different things, though. You know, like updates to games aren't bad. It's the yeah, I was going to say the required like, updates and the, the, the to make it work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because Witcher stuff was, and I I'm sure I'm wrong. I'm sure Witcher been- Witcher stuff since has been to add things. They tweak comments exactly, like that, but the exactly. early early patches were not for that. Okay, and the. And the early patches for any game are not for that. The early patches for the game are to be like, fuck, everything's fucked up. Everything's fucked up. And, but how uh, big were the Witcher patches? I mean, like, they're big. I mean, they're Batman, big patches. of course, was like for sure, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But size isn't really relevant either. It's it's the, the nature. Like, why can't we expect that? Why can't we expect that a game is going to work mm-hmm. when it launches? Unless there's it's a always game. a problem. Yeah. Nintendo. Nintendo is the one, you know, we brought up other M before and which was the only game that really bit him in the ass during the patchless period. Um, but they can even patch, but they can patch their games now, and and there 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 just seems to be not a lot of attention paid to um, I don't want to say quality because I don't know if that's necessarily it. these games are fun. It's just that there's not a, there's not a lot of attention paid to like finishing the game. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's like what state can the game get in? Let's get it on a disc, and yeah. then you put it on your in a machine, and then PSN or Xbox Live will send essential updates to your machine. That should have just been on the disc to begin with. And I used to kind of fight against this. I, I really come around on a lot of this stuff at watching the, the, the nature of the evolution of the industry. Where I, Back in the day, I'm like, day one DLCs, I still don't have a problem with DLC per se, but day one DLC, not a big deal. Uh, season passes, don't buy them if you don't like them and stuff. But now you see things like with, like with Arkham Knight's season pass, which I know Greg likes, but is completely ridiculous to me. And like the passes that are worth more than the game and like a game like Battlefront getting all this content like that you have to pay extra for when the, the disc is kind of barren and I'm like you know I understand why people are upset and it's starting to upset me and I don't even fucking play half these games so I just wanted to bring that up yeah I mean so like what other what are the big perpetrators of this obviously we have Assassin's Creed um what was one was it called? Syndicate. Syn- oh no, 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 no Unity. No, 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 no. Unity. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. There was Unity. There was Master so you're talking Chief about what are broken games? Yeah, like what are the the big ones? Because like we got Tony Hawk. 
We got PC Batman, PC Batman, and then now we're hearing about Just Cause. But like, is the Just Cause in that same the same realm as all those other ones? Because that those sounded mm-hmm. bad. This just sounds like there's technical problems sucked. here and there. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I've I've not. I mean, I heard that the game was in pretty bad shape. Your on t- consoles. It, it was oh, fine. It was fine. Okay. Yeah, it was fine on PC. But I, I heard the game was in pretty bad shape on consoles. I I think that. Well, you're naming the perpetrators, and they're big perpetrators. Drive oh, yeah, Club yeah. No, for was sure. fucking busted. Yeah, you know what I mean, busted. Just totally busted. M- Master Chief Collection busted. Did not work. You know, and then people run to the, sh- the stores and buy three four three's next game, or buy are we're gonna buy Evolution's next game, and not remember that Evolution got another year to work on Drive Club. It was supposed to be a PS4 launch game. They released it a year later, and the game was fucking broken. And everyone's like, "Well, video games." And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, we should expect way more because when Naughty Dog releases Uncharted 4, I bet you it's going to work. I mean, that's one of, that's one of the studios that I think is going to, like, release a, 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 a game or Gears 4. I, I have confidence that maybe this game is going to be fine on its own. But for every one of these games, you get you. I, I just I understand the fatigue out there um, about this issue because I think that it's 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 a little bit distressing. We grew up. We're not young, you know, and we grew up in an era where games had to work. Mm-hmm. And they might not have been as ambitious. Some of them were. Like Grand Theft Auto 3 is an ambitious game on PS2. It came out in 2001 and it fucking worked. Yeah. You know? I mean, and that's then, the interesting thing is it's like you're bringing up the ambition. Like a game like Just Cause 3, I'm willing to, to an extent, like be like, all right, there's going to be some technical problems and stuff because that game's fucking crazy. It's like you can do whatever the fuck you want and attach this to this and tether things and blow shit up and whatever. It's like, all right, as long as it works and like, well, I'm, I'm into it. But it's like that only goes so far. You know, like for these games where it just straight up doesn't work, that's not good. It's no, I, I do think that we're just starting to find that um, we're starting to find ourselves in between a rock and a hard place. I think with publishers where the expectation is that we're just going to deal with it mm-hmm. real quick. Now, to your point where you're talking about, you know, people rushing to buy three, four, three's games. Da, da, da. We did see Assassin's Creed Syndicate dip this year on day one. And people did attribute that to the fact that Unity was so fucked up that people wanted to see what happened. Here. We did. And Halo's numbers dip too. the the the. Uh, you know, to the point where GameStop in their financials said how like Halo Five sales and Battlefront sales, I think, were un, like unimpressive or like un, like didn't reach expectations. So people are starting to learn, but it doesn't. It's it's these are little like dents in the armor, right? Sure. They're, they're not three four three's game was profitable, and I don't wish anything against three four three. It was just an example of or Assassin's Creed, where it's just an example of like, are we are we rushing games? Are we are we expecting too many games too soon? Are we? It's not the gamer's fault. That's the only thing that I know for sure is it's not the gamer's fault because they've been trained to expect an Assassin's Creed every year. They've been trained to expect that they're going to get a Halo game that really works. They've, they've, they've been trained to expect, well, DICE really botched their last game, but they but battle. This is a great example. Like, but Battlefront or Battlefield, the last Battlefield was fucking broken, too. Yeah. For and for time. some people, it was broken like in perpetuity. You know, I remember people talking about that like that. It's not fixed for some people at the time that I was still bitching about it, which is a while ago. Um, but there's a short memory in the industry that I think we have to buck. And I think that the gamer has to understand that they, they deserve and are worth more than continuing to give $60 to publishers that release these games in half-ass states and then just patch and patch and patch and patch until the game works. And then, and I start to understand the kind of the mentality on Neil Gaffin in some places where it's like, I'll just wait till the game's 20 or $30. Like fuck this shit, mm-hmm. you know? And like, that's a mentality with a lot of people where they're like, they don't buy yeah. anything. Wait for the game. Yeah, the like edition. they literally don't buy shit when it comes out. And I'm like, man, how can you resist playing blah, blah, blah. But then you, you understand, well, when you play a game like Fallout 4, which which you should expect is going to have a lot of problems because that's kind of Bethesda's MO and and like their game is huge and there's a lot of different ways it can break and all that kind of stuff. And I don't really hold that against them because I do think their games are quite ambitious. I think that they're kind of the exception to the rule. 
you can't really blame a person for saying like, well, everyone that bought Fallout 4, the 5 million people that bought it day one or whatever, you are all the QA testers. I'm going to sit back and wait three months. I'll buy the game for half the price you paid for it. And it's going to work a lot better than you paid it, you know, than yeah. when you played it. And it's like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so Just Cause was one of those games that just brought that up in me where I was like, you know, just reading about it. I haven't played the game nearly enough to have to, mm-hmm. to have experienced anything myself. But when people are complaining, like when there's explosions and a lot of shit going on on the screen, which is what Just Cause is all That's about. And then is. the game just halts. You know, I'm like, well, that's a fucking problem, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just wanted to bring that up. It was it was something I, I approached you about it because I know a lot of our viewers out there are really quite passionate about this as well. And I think that it's like putting weight. It's like encumbering someone over and over again with a lot of bullshit. Well, the, the yeah, the season pass kind of sucks, but you'll buy it. And like, yeah, the game doesn't really work very well, but, you know, give us like a couple months and we'll fix it for you maybe. And. Um, oh, this game ate your save. Well, you know, sorry about that. And oh, you know, this game runs at 15 frames a second sometimes. Well, my apologies for that. And oh, the servers are down for a month on this game. Well, you know, we tried our best. We did our, you know, two week before launch beta um, to, to try things out. And it's just like after a while, just I look around. I'm like, you know, what? fuck this. You know, like like I'm becoming one of those guys where I'm like. You know, like so very, you almost think, like very Jim Sterling. Like I have a lot of respect for because you've been saying this shit for a long time. Do you, know? you think that it's online has made things worse rather than better? Because what you're talking about with like saves getting eaten stuff, like that's not new. I remember when Killzone Two would fucking reset for no reason, yeah. and I was almost general the the warrior fuck. within. Right. It's, fuck. No, there were problems with the first Metal Gear, if I remember correctly, too. That like there there are games that you could fundamentally break back in the day, absolutely. And the internet allows those things to be patched and fixed. It happened with Metal Gear Five. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 5 where the, there were ways to break the game right, and they yeah, had a really yeah. patch and we were talking about Other M where like you had to send uh, you had to send your memory card for your Wii to U Nintendo. into Nintendo like that or for your for Wii, your for Wii. In, in Nintendo so they could fix it I'm like well that's not the ideal solution either has it made it worse no because the internet is a great thing it's a great disseminator of information it's a great fixer of problems the question becomes like when is a game really done is a game always released now in beta is a game always now just launched and we have expectations that it will be broken why can't we put a game in that's supposed to run at 60 frames a second and it just runs at 60 frames a second and the online just works i refuse to believe that these problems are as complicated as they seem like i i we don't develop games and we have a lot of game developers that 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 are out there and i've had i've talked to people about like well let me talk to you about why we patch and blah 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 and i'm like i fucking know why you patch the question is why is the first patch you release not a massive update to the game but a, a patch that makes the game work do you think, I mean, from an outsider's perspective, right, it's got to be from publishers. You have it's got to be so. that yeah. there are th- millions of dollars invested in this PR and this date, and now you got to hit it. That's why you can't delay it, right? It was easier. Yeah, back I feel in bad the day. for them. I feel bad for. I feel bad for devs. They we know a lot of them, and they crunch and they work really hard, and they don't yeah. see their fucking families. You know, we know people that have gotten divorced because of fucking their jobs. We know people that have you know had family problems because of their jobs, and all sorts of things like they put it all on the line it's not their fault i do think it is the publisher's fault but there has to be an expectation that sure that you know the literally the only thing that these companies care about is money that's it i'm sorry like and, and that's fine and that's that's capitalism and that's the way the market works no one's making a game for altruistic reasons They're, they don't care about you know hurt feelings if you're going to buy the next game you know what i mean and i think that this is what i said about mass effect 3 and why andromeda is going to be this big hit because everyone's going to forget you know, everyone that was on their high horse about Mass Effect 3 and how bad it was will buy that next fucking Mass Effect game as sure as shit. You know, and it's because we don't have the fortitude. I don't have it. You don't have it. You don't have it. You know, a lot of people out there don't have it. Like where it's it's a company like really fucks you and you, they release a bad product and you see the name like with Arkham Knight. You bought Arkham Knight on PC, right? WB. 
And then a few months later, Mad Max comes out, which is a great game. And I a game that actually works pretty well, in my opinion. And you see WB on it again. And you're like, well, I'll buy it. You know, it's just as an example. So I think that we just have to look at, we have to find a new way to look at the industry and look at the way the games are being released and demand more because it's becoming a bit of a joke in my mind. The exception of the rule is now when a game works. Yeah, and that's, that's a bad place to be in. Part. That is the straw that broke the camel's back for me. When I look around and I'm like, okay, all these big releases launched and maybe half of them don't work right. And that's not good. That's just not good for the industry. It's not good for for gamers. It's not good for the platform holders. It's not good for the publishers. It's not good for the developers. But if the status quo is remained and the money keeps flowing in, then you just get the same shit over and yeah, over again. And maybe, and maybe syndicate selling poorly or not poorly but selling worse than unity will send a message like maybe we don't need an assassin's creed game next year oh that won't happen no. why don't you relax it's the same thing with watchdogs watchdogs was in bad shape right like it, it, like watchdogs launched and it was underwhelming to a lot of people i played it for a few hours and i'm like oh, i'm done and maybe that that, that was definitely something you'd be where i was like let's go dark again we don't need you know i'm sure that they wanted watchdogs uh, two out way quicker mm-hmm. you know yeah um so there are signals in the ether, as it were, mm-hmm. but I still think that we need to demand more. Um, and people, and this is where I think the indie games and and the salvation that a lot of these games kind of give gamers that really like playing games, because a lot of these games do work. Yeah, but that's you know, like the opposite side of the spectrum, right? Where how many indie games do we know that have been talked about for years and just don't come out because now they don't have anybody on their back to pull, make them hit the day? And I'm not saying that's better or worse whatever i'm just saying they have their own they have the opposite problem right where jonathan blow and the witness are like it'll be done when it's done and just keeps going yeah they, i mean it, it, where the fuck is bastion vita <laughs> god damn it <laughs> yeah i mean there's, there's a point to be made there and i think you have a good point but i also think that i don't have a concern that when bastion comes to vita that it's not going to work sure when no, axiom verge comes to vita or volume comes to vita that these games aren't going to work and i i think that we just and there are developers that launch games from big publishers like house marks games work I'm not saying that these are as ambitious as as a Naughty Dog game or a 343 game or a, or a, a, an IDOS game. Be fair and set the record Crystal. straight. Yeah, Dead Nation did not work either time when it came out with for us. With that's people. true. I'm just and I'm not that had that was a that was a that's a great point. That was there was a a, a, a game breaking game breaking bug in both of those games. If you had a maxed out friends list, mm. much like Tetris Ultimate at the mm. moment, which should be which should be Who fundamental the in the QA on? packages to these companies. I don't know yeah, like why so. why they don't test these things. Like just have a module on PS3 debugs or test units that friendless that just occupies your friends list. Nonetheless, um, yeah, it's just a little bit of a rant. I wanted to have a little bit of a rant. I like it. Um, You're allowed to do that. Big fan of because that. I just I I feel I feel a fatigue amongst our people that's growing and growing and growing and it's and it's and it's hitting critical mass. I think with a lot of people and I certainly have observed it. And I'm certainly feeling it myself as someone who just. It's like I feel like we talk about the Second Amendment sometimes, right? And, and they're like, why are you so passionate about the Second Amendment? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I don't even own a gun. I just feel like I feel like I can look at this from an outside perspective and give you some insight onto it. And it's the same thing with this. It's like, well, why do you care about Arkham Knight? You play, why do you care about the Arkham Knight season pass? You played the fucking game and you're going to play it again. I'm like, because I feel for you. You know? And, it, and so it's, it's, a, it's a similar thing where I'm just observing a lot of this stuff from the outside. And I'm like, well, this doesn't seem right to me. Mm. It doesn't seem like people are being taken care of anymore mm. the way they used to be. And you can understand why a lot of people are just upset at publishers all the time. Um, and why I kind of respect when a game like Deus Ex or Mirror's Edge, or yeah, I think it was Mirror's Edge, where these games are delayed. Sometimes indefinitely, you know, but like Deus Ex getting a six month delay means that that game might have been, there might have been something wrong with it. 
you know, and they know that and they can identify that a patch is not going to fix it. Um, and I wish that if, if, if we came to Uncharted is going to come out apparently in March. I don't believe it. If if they get to like mid-February and they're like, listen, like we really can't hit the date, like have the have the they can get away with it, I'm sure. But everyone needs to have the courage to like the financial courage and the, and the fortitude to say, like, it's not ready to go. And so I just wanted to to talk about that real quick. But I don't know if it makes sense to anyone out there. Oh, it does. It makes a lot of sense. I feel for you guys because I'm feeling it, too. My only concern sometimes is that you amplify it. You know what I mean? You talk about people not having the uh, fortitude to boycott Andromaca. Andr- Andromaca. How you doing? Let's go to Andronicos. Uh, the next Mass Effect, right? Because they were so mad about three. But then I've, I think it could also sway the other way that it's just like the outrage over three is really just internet hyperbole. You well, know what I mean? Like you talk, about, true, you talk about nobody having the fortitude, right? I didn't buy a Dreamcast. I was like, I'm finally done after the Saturn, right? Like, those situations do happen. And granted, that was a different time, but mm-hmm. there is so much. Well, that was me with the Wii U. Yeah, there is so much hyperbole on the internet. Sure. That I don't, I, I sometimes worry that when you're like, I f- feel you, I hear you, it is just the people who are saying it to say it. Because either everything is the best thing ever, or it's the worst thing ever, because yeah. that's the internet. Yeah, there's, there's a little gray area, but that's a little different. That example, and I think you're right, that example, it's the same thing I did with Nintendo, you did with Dreamcast. I did buy a Dreamcast 9999, but, uh, <laughs> I don't regret a minute of it, but I didn't have I didn't have the Saturn, Saturn <laughs> which was abysmal. Um, so yeah, you're right in that sense, but I admit fully, you know, fully that I don't have um, the fortitude either. So it's a, it's a problem that is endemic to all of us, I think, as consumers of video games. As um, ge- video games isn't a passive thing; it's a it's a it's a someone something that someone does with money. You buy, 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 and you play. And you play, 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 and you buy, buy, buy again. And that's the way it goes. That's the, the cycle of any market like this, any entertainment market. Um, and so when I was really mad at Capcom for canceling Legends 3, which or really more Mega Man Universe and other these games, well, I bought Mega Man Legacy Collection. You know, I was all over that fucking game because I was excited about it. So I get but, it. But does so that I totally show, get it. Yeah, but does that show then like what your anger or outrage was, right? There's checks and balances. I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think of, like, the scales. And so, they, yeah, you're mad at Capcom. How do you express that? You know what I mean? Is well, it a letter to them? Is it boycotting the game? And then the, it really comes down to how angry well, this, you are. Well, it reminds me of, a, it reminds me of what, what's necessary for big political lifts, right? You need to hold hands at some point and sacrifice something you love or something that you care about in order to affect change. Um, and it's hard to do that. It's really hard to do that. I'm not saying like what I'm not saying what I'm talking about is a, a heavy political lift. We don't see many of those anymore because, you know, we don't have politicians with any balls. But what I am saying is that for us to make change, we have to we have to uh, look in ourselves and be like, well, maybe we we are the part of the problem, too. And that to affect change requires broad consensus about how to move forward in terms of, of dealing with games that are broken and dealing with publishers that you can't trust or dealing with uh, developers that just don't release good games. Um, but we are inherently selfish with our own desires to play. And so it conflicts with the political will, as it were, to make those changes. And I'm as guilty as anyone. You know? But I'm just but I'm, I'm making an observation that I think is quite prescient about where we are right now. And I hope people out there, like, it resonates with some people out there. Because I agree with you, like... Yeah, the Mass Effect example might be a small minority, but it's not a small minority of people that are going to put Just Cause in, according to the, you know whatever videos I saw and whatever chatter's going on, and are not going to have problems. But will they remember that? Yeah. That's the question. 
Ladies and gentlemen, that topic brought to you by Tipsy Elves. Kevin, I need some props. Can you get me the props? Kevin was super prepared for this. So Tipsy Elves What? Is... Am I not allowed to insult you? Get out of here, you sticky bandit. I asked him about it. Yeah, and he said, yes, I do. No, he didn't. I he did. He said, I don't fucking have no clue. No, I said, I need them to show, not to wear. Anyways, so this right here, Christmas holiday sweaters. They're awesome. This one, Greg Miller's. That's mine. Yes. We got the the baller Santa slash, what is it? What's going on down there, Greg? What? Centaur. We got oh, well, okay. mine. The beautiful deers making that sweet, sweet sex. Making that sweet, sweet sex. We got Colin Moriarty's Gingerbread Man Ninja Turtles. Big fan. Big fan. Then, of course, we got my personal favorite, Nick Scarpino's Felice Navi Dog. It's a dog. Now, and Colin, like a lot. can you tell me what this is? Uh, Shark Tank. And who is on Shark Tank? The people that made these sweaters? Yeah. yeah. I couldn't elves. believe it. I was yeah. back in Chicago yeah. watching Shark Tank and Tipsy Elves came out. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? That, that's what's really cool. So they, they were on uh, Shark Tank and it was successful and all that. So here they are now sending us sweaters and stuff. Yeah. If you guys are looking for Christmas and holiday sweaters, not even just Christmas, holiday sweaters. They also have like college apparel and all that stuff. And they have um, just like, they, they have a bunch of official merchandise from the, that new movie with um, Seth Rogen. It's coming out oh. uh, night before. Yeah, it's called. night before, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty funny. Funny sweaters and all that stuff. You should definitely check it out. Go to tipsyelves.com and enter code kind of funny games to get 20% off site wide. It's pretty cool. They also have college things. Yeah, college. A lot college of kids have been sending me Mizzou. They have a Mizzou center. Like, yeah, yeah, they have a bunch of a bunch of weird stuff. What are you going to say? Tim just said that. But I, he didn't say the Mizzou sweatshirt. That's what I want to I want to point out. They, they do. They do have Mizzou sweater. sweatshirts. <laughs> they also have onesies. <laughs> They have really cool ones. Are you going to get a onesies? I, I was talking to them about onesies. So you said holiday. They have anything for my Jewish friends out there? They do. They actually do. I, mean, I, I would love like a Star David or a Menorah. They had those on sweater. Shark Tank. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would love to get it. It's a, like, yeah. it's a badass. It's a big ass star on it. I like, cool. I like to rep Israel. Yeah. Cool. Again, guys. That's my Tipsyelves.com. <laughs> Tipsyelves.com and use the code kind of funny games to get 20% off site wide. Yeah. All right. Third topic of the day. We get a lot of a lot of questions about this, and I actually personally want to know your guys' thoughts on this. How to professionally review games. Because a lot of people out there, you know, they, they have their thoughts sure. on how games are reviewed and this or that. And everyone has their own. There's not a right or wrong answer to any of this. It is all just it's opinion. That's what the point of this is. But you guys professionally reviewed games. Right. How did you go about it? What's the difference between how you feel about it versus somewhere like an IGN? How has that changed over the years? How do you review games that are, you know, consistently like online worlds and all that right. stuff? Like, how has that changed? It's constantly changing. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. Not the problem, but for this question and why people get so offended about it. I feel like to go back to it for me, there was a moment in time at IGN where we had been on the 100 point scale, which meant, you know, you're 7.1, you're 7.2, you're 7. We moved to the 20 point scale, which meant 7.0, 7.5, 8, so on. And then we decided to, and I say we, IGN decided to move back to the 100 point scale. And I fought valiantly in my own mind to not have that happen. And my problem was, and this is where I think we get down to the problem with video game reviews, is the fact that the 100 point scale to me meant that this was scientific. That this was, there was a rubric, 
that we all did, and you'd sit down, and you'd put in these numbers here, there, and you'd come to this score. You know what I mean? Whereas I always thought thought the 20-point scale, now known as the orioration scale, mm. was better because it would be like, this game's a 7.0, this game's a 7.5, and you can then put those into buckets and then argue about why the, this 7.5 is better than this 7.5, or da, 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 if that's what you want to do, which is fucking weird, but that's what the internet wants to do, right? But for me, when I first started at IGN, and it was a 100-point scale, right? I there's a distinct oh, I hope I don't fuck this up. I don't think I will. There's a distinct sect where okay, yeah. I reviewed Uncharted Drake's Fortune, gave it a 9. I reviewed Infamous and gave it a 9-1, and then I reviewed Arkham Asylum and I think gave it a 9-2 or a 9-3, but I think for our sake of argument 9-2, right? And the way I came to those scores was I thought these games were amazing and I think Infamous was a little bit better than Uncharted 1 and Batman was better than both. And so, like That was how I did it. Now, that didn't cross over to Eric Brudvig when he was reviewing. He wasn't paying any attention to what I did as far as the points, whatever. Damon Hatfield's on the record is only ever giving point zeros or point fives. You know what I mean? Like That was like this thing that you went through and did and it was just how you came down to it because it I mean, like, of course, you talk about like night and day differences where IGN is now, or at least when we left IGN, God only knows what they're doing now, uh, versus where it was when I started. Because I always tell the story of when I first started, wrote my first review, finished it, walked over to Roper, and I was like, hey, Roper, I've, my review's done. He goes, all right, publish it. And I was like, what? do you want to read it? Does it? Is there a proof? Is there a copy editor? And he's like, no, nah, I just put it up. I'm sure you read it. And I was like, oh, fucking Jesus. <laughs> Coming out of a newspaper where everything was like, you know, it was like four gatekeepers before anything even got remotely to the front page. It was like crazy. And IGN, not that way anymore, right? No, Dan no. Stapleton now in charge of reviews, at least when we left, he still is. But when we left, that you know, it went to him. This one happened. So that's the thing is like, I've we were at IGN long enough to see it change, change, and change. And then, by the time Colin and I were getting ready to leave, right, I feel like we were so done with scores. And so, because like for me, the way I scored games was I'd finish a game and in the beginning, I would take notes here and there or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then I found myself never referencing the notes. And so I would, I stopped doing that. And so I would review games and sit down and what I would sit there and go, all right, what was the best moment? What was the most important thing? What's the, my takeaway? And then start the review there and go down. You know what I mean? What's the thing, the big thing, what's my big idea about this review and go from there and tell you that thing. And so, you know, as we, that evolved and everything else. And I feel like it was more embraced at the company to talk about what your opinion is. You know what I mean? This, that, and the other, you started getting it where, I wasn't telling you how many multiplayer maps were in it or how many characters were supported or da 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 da. And there'd be comments asking for that. And it was always like, I get that, but there's 12 other reviews out there right now at Embargo that are telling you that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to go in this direction and do that. And sometimes it was well received and sometimes it was Dead Space 2. And that's how it was. You know what I mean? And it's this interesting point of, I guess, convergence right now, I feel like, where as we were breaking away and then broke away, right? Like I think everyone was starting to wrap their head around what a personality was and how this works and what is a critic and how this, you know, da da da. And so now people watch our reviews, right? And like, well, when we put something up, like my metal gear review, it's just me ranting at the camera for 30 minutes, no score or anything. And they're okay with that because they finally understand that they can go elsewhere and do it. And Mm -hmm. for me, it's just, again, the industry and us as fans aging, right? And the fact that now, 
when I got to IGN, right, my examples for reviews were EGM and their multiple opinions, IGN, GameSpot, uh, GamePro, and Fun Factor. And, like, you know what I mean? It was numbers, whereas now so much of it's video that it is opinions. Mm-hmm. So I think we're in a, a better spot. It's evolved to that point, and I think people get it in a way that, like, cool, Greg and Colin won't agree about every game, but I know that I'm more in Colin's camp because he likes X, games X, Y, and Z, but I know I agreed with Greg about action-adventure games. So if that, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. You can take that kind of information away from it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. That was ranting. Sorry. That was great. Colin? I think one of the things that Greg didn't touch on, because I think we, we have a lot of the same opinions on this. I mean, first of all, review scores are fucking stupid. I, wanna, I, don't, I just want to reiterate that. Numbering reviews is fucking stupid. And I, and I don't understand why anyone does it, and I don't understand why anyone would like it, or why they would want it. The problem with it is that reviews need to be read through the lens of subjectivity. And when there's no cross-referencing of, of, um, of scales between outlets, the numbers become meaningless. Mm-hmm. The Metacritic mm-hmm. becomes meaningless. What, when Giant Bomb gives something three stars, that isn't a six. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. out, like, and and, and it's not, that's not a six on IGN. And so when you like fuse all these numbers together, you're like, well, blah, 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 gave this game a seven and blah, 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 gave this game an eight. I'm like, they might actually feel the guy that gave the game an eight might even fucking like the game less than the guy that gave it a seven. You know, like Eurogamer, for instance, is like notorious for really low scores, but their scoring rubric seems to be way more reasonable. When they give a game a six, it doesn't mean they hate it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's so I, something we always worried about at IGN, right? Or people would be that you weren't, ex- we weren't exploring the scale. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That everything was a seven, eight, five or above. Yeah. And yeah, that eventually eights or whatever. And like, I remember when Dan came in, he, he was like, I want nines to be harder to obtain. Let's talk about what that means and stuff like that. But yeah, if you gave a IGN a game of five, that didn't mean it it's average. average. It's run of yeah. the mill. It, like the word was meh. Mm-hmm. And like for me, that was always the thing. I, I didn't like the scores. So I would sit there and go, what did I think of this game? Mm-hmm. I did. I think it was outstanding, amazing, good. You know what? I met all these different things. But like, yeah, saying a game's meh and it's a five means, oh, my God, it's so close to being bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, well, it's also close to being good. Like you're now yeah. we're boiling it down to where it's like, that's too easy. That scale's too small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that. It's just the only thing you can take away from reviews is what's said in the in the review itself. The like the wording is so important and the way people there's no objective way to review a game because I I always say gameplay is king and I mean it. I fucking mean it. You know what I mean? Unless the unless the unless there's something radically different about a specific game like Journey or uh something like that. The game the way the game feels to play, that's why we play games. And that's always most important to me. Greg might not agree. In fact, like Greg might look at The Last of Us, which I gave a 10 to because of how it played and its narrative. And Greg might give it a 10 because of his narrative and then its gameplay. Mm -hmm. And those are two different reviews, even though they came to the same arbitrary number. So what I'm saying is that I think that some of the impetus has to be put on the outlets, but some of the impetus also has to be put on the desires of the consumer and the reader um, and what they want. And we assume that they want scores. But I don't believe that if we trained their minds to think differently in a less reductive way that they wouldn't want to just sit there and have something a little more thoughtful put into these reviews because ultimately mm. it does not matter what you say as long as the numbers on the bottom we you can see those those metrics pretty easily yeah so like but that's because that's just what we do there is no other way to do it well you know i think I mean? just people i i don't agree that like if we changed it that it would change like i think that you know like what we do is changing that and people are coming to us but take it out of just video games people like rating anything one to ten or one to five or one to one whatever it is like grades even you know like you need that like that's it's the same shit with school where it's like our school's just not going to grade you like that's well no i mean because i think that there's 
that's different in the sense that it doesn't matter what the other school's doing. You know what I mean? Like the, if you get an if an a, a 90 is an A minus at your school, then that matters in your district. And then maybe when you go to college, it might be a little different. But when you're saying like, OK, what's the Metacritic score of a game and the different weights of, of outlets or whatever? And then you realize like, you know, when one up used to give scores and they would give letter scores, yeah. whatever, then they had to be translated into numbers. But they were not they were not equivalent or symmetrical with the, with the intent behind the number or behind the letter all the time. There's just a major problem, I think, with scoring. Like the the proof should be in the pudding. So read the fucking review. You know, I mean, that's that's like what I always say is like you can't possibly know how a person feels just by boiling it down to a number. And I fought for a long time to get rid of scores when we were at IGN. It's, it was it was a it was a fight that I fought by myself. But it was something that I was like, you know, why why don't we buck the trend and try something a little different here where we can focus on the content of the review just like we would focus on the content of the game. And you'll find much more enlightening things about a game when you just read what a person thinks about it. And there's no score at the end. I would have loved to have been able to review The Last of Us and not put a score in it at all. You know, um, 10 made the most sense to me for the score, but I would have loved to just wrote, wrote you know, 1500 words about why this game is so fucking fantastic and maybe some of its little problems and then let people make their own decisions because they might see while Colin really likes the narrative and that's what I'm really playing for. So I'm going to play the last mm-hmm. one. And some people might be like, wow, the multiplayer is really surprising. And I didn't realize that. And how is that reflected in the score? I have no fucking idea, but I don't even care about the, co- the content of the campaign. I want to play the multiplayer. It sounds really good. I just think that a lot of nuance has been lost. Um, so I think that reviews are in a better place than they've been just in the sense that it's like an upside down pyramid. Reviews used to be like in, 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 Gaming press in the 80s, very marketing heavy. Nintendo Power is a great example of that. None of us even knew for years. I mean, it was common knowledge, but as kids, we didn't know Nintendo owned Nintendo Power. I mean, it's like we didn't see the problems with it. Right. We didn't see the problems with it. And frankly, I'm not so sure that there were major problems with it. Right. Like they didn't. I remember them shitting on games all the time. It wasn't like they but it was there was definitely a conflict of interest, but we didn't know. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of like got out, out and out. And then you got like the unofficial magazines. Right. So you got like. Well, you had EGM and GamePro and stuff, but PSM was really the first example of a, a magazine that I was really into, which came out in 97 when I was like, uh, you know, it was it was, I think, September or August 1997, their first issue um, around when Final Fantasy seven was coming out. And I remember being like, this is an unofficial, totally unabashed. They can say whatever they want. Yeah. And, and that's where we go. And then you got the Internet age and all that kind of stuff kind of concurrent to that. And then we've gotten a place where like there are shitty fucking reviews out there for like every game. just like awful reviews, but there are really great reviews, too. I think Jim Sterling's a great reviewer. I think that there are good reviewers at the big outlets. I think to the point of having a fair, reasonable scoring rubric, I think GameSpot is one of the great outlets that does that. When a, when a game gets a nine everywhere else, they give it a seven, but it's not really reflected. It just as an example, they don't always do that, but it's not really reflected in the, in, you know, the score. That means something to them to give a game a nine. Maybe that's thrown around a little bit more somewhere else. But this is the problem with reviews and why like the words matter, not the numbers, because the words mean something. Words have fucking mm-hmm. definitions. If a game is, you know, runs at 30 frames a second and has a story that lasts 15 hours. Well, that's a fact. If a game gets a nine, well, that doesn't mean anything to me. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of where I stand on reviewing. I, but I do think that it, it's both sides that ha- there are problems with both sides. There's a sure. problem on the there's a problem on the on the because I agree with you in a sense that people like to score things and stuff, but I don't agree that if people had a different solution, which they don't, that they wouldn't like it better. You just have to give it to them. And it's not really, it's not really been tried. Yeah. Know? I mean, I just think it's one of those things where it's like, not to say that something else isn't better. Cause I mean, I agree with you. Like the written, it's why we do things the way we do. It's like, I like, I believe in talking and hearing things. I believe in writing and reading things. You know what I mean? What? I just love that quote. 
I believe in talking and hearing things. No, but that makes sense. I know it, it makes, makes sense, sense, but out of context, it's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, in context, it makes sense. I'm not that stupid. It's um, not that you were. No one's. But. The, uh, the 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 number scale. I think that it's not so much a better than. It's just that people like that, you know, and it makes sense. Like across the board, even if you're you're totally right, nines are not equal. But to everybody, one to ten means something, you know. So my question, going off that to you guys, is: Did you, when you were reviewing games, how would you let other like all of this, all the shit that we just talked about, affect your score? Like, would you think about what GameSpot's giving oh, it? Oh, no. Would you think you about do that. what you anyone else do. at IGN no, would that, do? And that was the whole thing is, like, you know, there's a Facebook group for, at least in our day, I think it's still going. Oh, it still exists. I still yeah, where, yeah, I'm sure I'm yeah, just top secret. Facebook. Yeah, where you can, like, all these reviewers are together, right? And usually it's used for, hey, I'm stuck here. I don't mean to be an idiot. And somebody's like, oh, I did this. Or, hey, can we get a multiplayer match? Da, 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 da. But, like, if I was reviewing a game, I would avoid that, like, the plague. I didn't want to, I didn't want to know what anybody else thought. Well, I always loved the idea of coming out and seeing what everybody thought at once. To be clear, that, that group only really exists for that. Yeah. Like the, the, but, I mean, I don't even want it. I don't even want somebody to say, Mission 3 is frustrating me right now. How do I? I don't want to know that. You know what yeah. I mean? If that makes sense. Right. That no, makes more, no. I'm yeah. not saying it's collusion in there where they're like, I want to go with a 9. What do you guys No, think? no, yeah, no, that doesn't happen in there. But I've, I've found that group very useful in the past. Uh, it, for a couple of reasons that have helped people more often than not actually in there as well with like I think the last game I even helped anyone in was like Metrico so that was a while ago yeah uh, but um, yeah it was useful it's like a way for reviewers to talk to each other without you know so they can because no one out there's no review there's no uh, uh, walkthroughs no yeah. one knows what the yeah. fuck's going on yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah I, I so I would approach a review you know you have to be thorough you have to be fair uh, I was always so shocked about um, the propensity of some people to not finish a game or not not necessarily finish a game because I've, I've reviewed games that i didn't finish if i played for like 40 hours or something like that i'm like all right i'm good uh but like where people just barely touch a game and then their trophies or their achievements are like you know people have gotten called out for that in the past and that, that always shocked me that like you have to give a game due diligence it'd be very fair to be very thorough um you also have to be very fair to yourself though amy is a good example amy is the lowest score i ever gave a game i gave it a two and uh it's one of the worst games, if not the worst game I've ever played in my life. And my review is about how, like, I refuse to play anymore of it. Like, the review is like, I'm done. Like, I'm not playing this game anymore. It's fucking awful. Like, I played it for however many hours. I can't get past this one part because it's not fair. Game fucking, game's fucking trash. Um, and I said that, by the way, in a very honest and forthright way to educate the consumer. And I had an opportunity set up already to interview the developers about the game, and they canceled on me because the review was so fucking harsh. And I did that even though I, I, I knew that I was probably going to piss people off, but I didn't care because my, my, um, uh, my loyalty and, and my job is to inform the reader. I don't really care how the publisher or the developer feels about anything I say, to be perfectly honest with you. I still don't, if you haven't noticed. Uh, so um, so I always approach the review in a way that's like, how can you boil this down into its essence to inform people about the things that are most important about it in the most honest way possible through like your lens? That was always what was important to me too. Everyone's like, there's no objectivity in anything. Someone can legitimately look at the last one and be like, I don't think this is a good looking game. And I think they would be crazy, but it doesn't mean that they what they have to say is invalid. So you have to embrace the subjectivity of a review and go all the way in on that. I think, I think, I think, I yep. think, I think, I think. And that's why it was so frustrating when they didn't want us to speak in first person anymore at one point at IGN. Like, because, you know, different editors, different review people yeah. come in and they change everything around. And like, that was hard for me because then it started to be, I didn't, 
my I it's for me when we talk about right now and like where we're at right now and the fact that you know how Colin feels about this and Greg and this or Jim Sterling you know to go read the reviews and listen to that I think back to when I used to read IGN reviews before I worked at IGN and it was IGN gave this game yeah. a se- whatever it and was and I think that is what it, to this day that's what it is to majority of people and out that's there. so terrifying you know what I mean because how many times do we fight when we were at IGN how many times do we fight now about what we think of a game you know what I mean of like you're I can't believe you think that and I read Mitch's tweets about games and I'm like are you kidding me that game is not near you know what I mean but for somebody to think like that's bible truth that's when I loved the fact of infusing who you are what it is how it goes you know yeah. what I mean like you're my example of that always is naughty bear right where my opening paragraphs like I've only played this game for four hours but I don't need to play anymore to tell you it's awful you know what I mean like I'm falling through the world this happened da, da, da. but again it's to the point of that was my thesis for that review right everything you're writing is a is a persuasive essay and i'm telling you my opinion and sure you can probably go to this other site and i'm sure somebody's platinum it gone through get done all this stuff that's not me i'm telling you what happened with me and why i stopped playing naughty no naughty and then those <sighs> badass motherfuckers earned all my respect when they put out a game of the year edition uh-huh. for one of the worst games of the year what a great idea <laughs> fuck game, yeah though. go that's get so them cool. that was one of my greatest uh, I, I i actually really like that game with all of its shortcomings but my favorite thing was busting greg's balls about it for years that i like really loved it mm-hmm. became like a running joke um yeah so i just think that we have to figure out a way to to review things better and we have to continue to evolve not we necessarily at this company but just everyone in general mm-hmm. and then i think also the consumer has to like look has to accept that they might have to look at reviews a different way too because if we can just be a little more open-minded about what a review is capable of and take them a little more seriously, then lo and behold, you're going to get way more out of them. Mm-hmm. You know, The more reductive you want to look at a review, the more reductive what you're going to get out of the review is going to be. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's just That's just math. I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, if you take the time to read 2,000 words about a game you really care about, you are going to get way more out of that review than if you just look at the score. Mm-hmm. And you're not even really sure what the score means. But what if I look at the score and it's starkly different than some other, but somebody else's score, so then I just go and attack that person? Yeah, I mean, that, that sounds great, right? That's the other thing. And I always feel bad about that is we've all been the outlier, like yeah. all of us uh, in the past. I gave my, I think one of the games that I was the biggest outlier on was that Castlevania 3DS game, which was fucking trash. Um, and some people like gave it like an eight and a nine. And I gave it like a four. This game's awful. This is like, this game's like a, a wannabe Symphony of the Night with no soul, no, no interesting graphics, no interesting characters, nonsense. Got fucking destroyed for that review by Nintendo fans. But I stood by it. I still stand by it. Mine, um, mine, I had to look up mine. The one that I think of all the time, right, is I Am Alive. Because I Am Alive, oh, yeah, I played in where, where you could just hide, where you could just, the guy will never attack you if you have the gun out. Wasn't that the weird? Where, it was the post-apocalyptic black and white I know, one. Didn't yeah, we yeah. do a video where it was like, you could like pull the gun out, the guy will run at you. And oh, you right. Out, yeah, 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 yeah. You could get into like this AI cycle. It was really funny. I, and I remember being like, this game is bad. It was GDC, I think, right? It was it was definitely, I was going to a show or something and I was on the the Muni and I was on there and I saw it go live on my phone. I, think I gave it a 4.5 if I just looked right on the Metacritic page there that pops up on Google. Yeah, 4.5 out of 10 went into the tunnel no service or whatever came out went right to work at gdc and like hours later check my twitter and it's just like like are you fucking and i'm like what is going on like no one's even played this game and i looked around like GameSpot gave it an eight and all this stuff and i was like oh and then it's just one of those things of like how awesome is it that people can take the same thing and have such different reactions yeah so different to it but like of course Nobody wants that at the time. This is a game we've been excited for, and yep. this is it, and I yep. want to be justified in loving this game. Yeah. So even though I don't know anything about it, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Dan Shu gave Luigi's Mansion a, a four. I think it was a four, um, and it broke my heart. Because the other two reviews were higher, and I was like, you're wrong. I haven't played it yet, but I was like, you can't be right about this. Yeah. You want me to text him right now, tell him? You should be like, dude, why'd you do that to Dan? <laughs> like, Who the fuck's It could have been the year of Luigi then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I like this topic a lot. I think there's uh, more... 
more ways we can look at it, like comparing the different scales and the pros and cons of each one, if we were to go with numbers. Let us know in the comments what you'd want to hear from like a, a part two of this or an addendum at some point in the future when we can uh, review that. Um, and this topic brought to you by DraftKings. Football season marches on, and while your season-long fantasy team might be going nowhere fast, every week is a new shot for glory at DraftKings.com. DraftKings is the destination for one-week fantasy football where you can relive the fantasy draft and play for huge prizes each and every week. Challenge your friends in a custom league or join an existing one to play for your share of the billion dollars in prizes up for grabs this year. <laughs> just, <laughs> just pick your contest, draft your players, and collect your winnings. That's it. Renew old rivalries or create new ones by going head-to-head -head with friends, colleagues, and fantasy players from all around the country. DraftKings Draft Kings is crowning a new millionaire every week this season. You can be next, but only if you play. Oh. This isn't fancy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. That is my favorite line. Welcome to the every big single time. time. Hurry to DraftKings.com now. Use promo code KINDOFUNNY to play for free. With your first deposit in Sunday's million dollar fantasy football contest, first place takes home 100 grand and a lifetime of bragging rights. Enter BANG for free entry now, only Damn. at DraftKings.com. BANG! Let's take it to the house. .com. Mike Kelly, shout out. Final topic, as always, brought to you by the Kind of Funny Forums. You can go to kindoffunny.com slash gamescast topic to submit. Your beautiful, beautiful topics for this beautiful, beautiful your show. Big beautiful kids. Oh, yeah, big, big beautiful, beautiful kids. kids. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was going back and forth on which one we were gonna lead off with, but I, I kind of like this one based on the timing of this. This is from Wars Machine. What's up, dudes? Nothing. Been a gamer for a long time, but yeah. one iconic game I've never played is Final Fantasy VII. Would this be best played on Vita? Nope. I currently have a PS4 slash PS3 slash Vita. Will playing Final Fantasy VII be enjoyable considering how gaming mechanic mechanics are today? So pretty much, what's the best way to play Final Fantasy VII? I don't know. I mean, the the PS4 one is imminent, so I I don't I don't know that I can write that one off. I mm -hmm. think that it's I my prediction will know by the time you anyone hears this. I think it'll be launched during PSX. Yeah, um, available now. But uh, the trophies are live, so it's it's imminent. Um. So with that said, I think the PS1 Classic is probably the best way to go. And you can play it probably on Vita. I, I think that that might be the best way to play it. But I don't know if you want to jump the gun on that until you wait and see what the PS4 one's all about. Yeah, it'll be an identical kind of port. But mm -hmm. um, you can play it on PC. You can play it on PS1 if you want to. There's like a bunch of different ways to play it. But I don't think you can really go wrong with the PS1 Classic if that's if you don't care about trophies. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that there's a bad version of the game out there. I mean, even the PC one, like, you know, it had its issues back in the day, but they kind of fixed that with, with stuff. So um, personally, my favorite was playing on PSP. Back in the day, when with the PS One Classic, oh, okay, yeah, but yeah. I mean it's the same thing as Vita, so yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, you're right. I would wait until uh, the PS Four one comes out and kind of see how that one shakes out. But I'm a little shocked that it's not coming to Vita as well, like with the trophies and all that. Yeah, stuff, I, I'm not. I'm I'm not. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know what Square Enix is the like. Funeral pyre of the Vita is going out to <laughs> see. It's, it's Shuhei's about to launch the flaming arrow. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's disappointing, but mm -hmm. I I don't. You know that's more QA and more like annoyances that they have to go through like certification and stuff. So I think that they're well, they've just been doing to get this something for a year. So they have, and there's a lot of rumors of what they've been doing. I mean, there's a lot of there's there. I was reading things that they feel people feel like they translated it again. People think that like there's more to this mm. than possible. That it's not the straight PC port because some of the trophies are different. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the answers to any of these it's questions. Like, well, well, I haven't seen any of this. Yeah, are they so, talking about the cross dressing scene specifically? Uh, yeah. Well, that's going to be in there because there is a cross dressing trophy. Okay, cool. Uh, but. There's like some the people. There's some conjecture that this isn't all it seems. Um, there's more the, than meets the eye here. That like this oh, might not be the PC port. That you know, there's some you know, there's some word that 
with the PS2 emulation getting trophies, like the Star Wars games basically being straight PS2 emulators that are running trophies. In the back end, that maybe this is a PS1 classic getting trophies, um, stuff like that. But I don't know. I don't. I mean, it's just all conjecture. I don't know. It could just be a download. That's going to hmm. be huge. Uh, I will say to his point about the game, not, the game holds up mechanically. I think just fine. I don't. I, I don't think the game graphically holds up at all. Uh, but I wouldn't that, say that. I think that it's the the, the character models. Don't yeah, the hand drawn backgrounds. And the st- backgrounds I think are beautiful to this day. Looking we'll see. At, the resolution is going to be low. We'll see. We'll okay, see well, how. We'll I'm see. not talking about like playing it on the the Vita. I think in that sense it might be the best way to go. Because yeah, we'll make it. It smaller. is. Oh, and then maybe it'd be too small then. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, it does run in four three. So the, the I don't know. We're gonna find out what's going on with this. I'm excited. I'm interested to see like why this took so long. There was a reason why this took so long. So. Hmm. Um, I haven't even thought about that. That's that's really interesting. Yeah. I hope that I hope it goes well. But I will say that regardless, you should play one of these before the remake. Don't wait for the remake. You I have, think you have plenty. Of I time. think they're going to be very different games. And yeah, and that you got too. all the time in the world. That too. But I think that it's <laughs> worth playing this version for sure. Yeah, and I think Seven's Active Time Battle is it, it, it's it stands up. The materia system I think is really clever. I, I think the 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 weapon accessory armor system is a little reductive, but the materia system is a really nice system. It's almost as good I think as like the Esper system. So um, certainly better than some of the other things that have come after it. Mm-hmm. So I think Seven's a must play for RPG fans. I think that it's 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 certainly not the best Final Fantasy game, but it's it's uh it's a classic and it's a game that I've really come around on. Yeah. I think it's a must play even for not RPG fans, maybe not to finish, but to at least try out and see, because I do think that it's a good entry. I think more so than Final Fantasy six. Yeah. Um, six is way more not an RPG person. Six is way more hardcore. It's, it's, it's also a seminal game, which I think is, is really important. Like it's, it's a game that's, there's really only a few third party games that are, were as important as Final Fantasy seven was to the success of a piece of a piece of hardware. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was the first big PlayStation game. Big, beautiful kids. Big, beautiful. Um, Hun Six Pack says, Hey guys, how long do you think the PSN will work on PS3? I have so many games still to play on that system, and I'm afraid that I'm going to lose my mm. PSN games, downloaded games, and my trophy support. Keep up the good work. A long time. Yeah, I don't think you have to worry about that. It still works on PSP, I think. I, 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 uh, that's not something you should worry about. They'll, mm-hmm. and, and if that happens, they'll give you a huge heads up, and I bet you there's a workaround for yeah, it. Yeah, like the multiplayer games, you know, one by one are going to go away. But like yeah, yeah, your that games kind of stuff. But PSN like getting on the PSN and, and getting, buying games, I no. think you're fine. You'll be good. There's too many of them out there. Too many, too much money to be made. And mm-hmm. your trophies will never go away. I mean, those exist on a different server. Metro Shade says, hey guys, when you play shooters or any other games, do you invert the y-axis? I made my friend play Fallout 4, and she's not a gamer at all, but I noticed every time she tried to look up or down, she'd look the opposite way. So I inverted it for her. Smart. And I asked her why she picked it that way, and she said she wasn't sure, and she was just doing it instinctively. This is weird to me since I've never played with the with inverted, so I'm just curious if you guys do or do not, and how you got started playing on inverted, and if you ever changed. Thanks, guys. P.S. I recently found out all of Tim's old videos he did for IGN, including the Avengers boy band. Wow. Nice. You've all come such a long way. <laughs> That's one way I put I'm it. not sure about that. It's but. a lot like being left-handed. Some people are just born wrong, and mm. when that happens, he's got to put up with them. I so I mean you play inverted. I do play inverted. Right. And I feel like nowadays you're definitely like a dying breed when it comes to that. You've never changed. Nope. Right? I wasn't am a, there like one week or something where it yeah. suddenly you couldn't it made sense the other way? No, it didn't make sense either way. Oh okay. I had like I had this month it was when Destiny <laughs> came out. And I'm like, nothing feels right. So it was really I weird. I had I was having a mental breakdown. <laughs> and then like I really was, I was like, holy shit, like I don't know how to play anymore. And then suddenly like I just snap back in. I was yeah, like, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. fine. Okay, false alarm, it everybody. was weird. It was weird. I remember yeah, tweeting about it. Talking about it. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? It was like really, I was actually like authentically scared. I'm like, holy shit, I don't know how to play anymore. Uh-huh. 
Like something in my brain just doesn't work anymore. Like I don't know. None of this. Feel, I would invert, then uninvert, then invert. And I'm like, holy shit, nothing feels right. Man, that, so it's weird you say that because I, I had that experience too. And I still do every once in a while where back in the day. So I grew up with Goldeneye and that was like, that's what it was to me. Like that's how you moved and that's how things happened. So when I made the switch over to, and I played the shit out of Star Fox. So inverted just made sense. Then, and also the way you move, the way you would move and, and that it just, that's how I liked it. Then time splitters came out and one of the default um, control options played more similar to that where you would move forward and backward with the left stick and you would aim left and right with the left stick. Mm. And then you would wait. No, that's not right. You would strafe with the left stick. So it controlled much more like Star Fox. Gotcha. Where you're like you, you're going left and right or forward or whatever and you aim and um, whatever with the, the right stick and I was just like, this is just how things play. So in Halo, I would always have to like use this. I used, I think it was inverted legacy Southpaw was the name of it. And I'm like, what the fuck is that shit? But it, I had to. And it definitely put me at a disadvantage when I played against anybody. And then one day, all of a sudden it just clicked. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense anymore. And then default just made sense. Nice. And now I can't do inverted anymore. Good. So now when I play Star Fox, I'm all like fucking confused and shit. But it's weird that it just happened. I don't know. It's not like I trained myself or anything. It just totally snapped. But now when I play third person uh, action games like Ratchet and Clank, the camera, moving the camera like the left and right, it never feels quite how I want it to. Like, I feel like my brain every other time switches it of if I hit left, of if I want the camera to go this way or this way. Gotcha. I don't know, man. Yeah. The only so this is my argument. First of all. Flight flight games like Star Fox or flight simulators. That they don't they sense. don't make any sense at all playing it unless you're playing it inverted. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Like I'm just gonna throw that right, right out there. It makes no there's no justification for not playing and that's it. Always, that's how you fly a fucking that's airplane. Exactly. That's always <clears> the <throat> argument I've had with people where when they're campaigning for inverted, I'm like when I play it when I used to play flight sims in my on my PC and I had a stick, right? Yes, it made sense that I was pulling and doing this in the in the in the cockpit. You know what I mean? I'm moving this thing. But for me, playing a game, running around and shooting, it makes sense that I just know to look up means up. But like you're about to go into your thing and I want you to do it. But then I I, I think I have an answer finally for why it makes well, sense the other way. Well me. I'm gonna segment it into two different things. Third person and first person now, right? Third person. Greg, take this and pretend it's a camera and hold it Okay. Yeah. Now look up. Okay. There you go. Look down. Yeah. I mean, that's so like, like you're like for third person, the camera is behind you. And for the camera to pitch up, it must be dragged down. Like that makes perfect sense to me. And then, and that's the, it's the first person argument that gets a little more muddled for everyone, I think. And that's based on how you view the character you're playing. Even if I'm playing in first person, I do not view the character as me. I view it as a camera. Mm. So the, so that's where my mentality comes from now. I don't have a heritage in flight simulating or anything like that. Like, I don't know why or how I always play like this, but well, I do. I think what you just said makes sense. For me, the way I think the, the easiest way for me to explain it, right? Because what you're talking about is up and down or whatever. The stick in the back of the head, down to look up. And I think that's up just the down. dumbest thing because no one's ever had a stick in their back of the head. But, that's, but that's, the, that's the nature of the way you would play the game. Sure. But what I'm saying is the reason it doesn't work for me and the reason non-inverted makes so much more sense is that I'm not thinking about like tilting up or down like I'm broken. I'm thinking about the cursor on the screen and if I want the cursor to go up and even if there is no cursor imagine it that way right I'm not even thinking of how I would move my own head or the camera or whatever I'm thinking about a gun in the hand and I want the gun up and I want the yeah. gun down so I mean, it's like a mouse click I mean that's the thing is like when and even with flight simulators like Star Fox and stuff if you start thinking of it just a dual stick shooter or not dual stick shooter like a um a flight sim the, the geometry wars or whatever oh, uh, like dual stick just like oh like a twin stick shooter yeah twin stick shooter yeah like 
Then all of a sudden it's like, it doesn't matter if it's a, a spaceship or a person or whatever. It's just, there's a thing and there's shit that shoots. Yeah. So you move it and you shoot stuff. And it's just like, when you start thinking of it that way, then it should just be default because it is just moving things. Right. Because there's no pulling well, sticks a, or whatever. Want a flat, a flat, you know, Geometry Wars or even Resogun, which is in 3D space, but it is on a flat surface. So that makes sense. Up, up, down, down, left, left, right, right. I mean, that mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. But when you get, I understand that I'm in the minority on this. I mean, there are, there are not many inverted players. I mean, it's like one in 10, maybe. You would um, guess. And, uh, but it, it just makes perfect sense to me. And I don't know why mm-hmm. or where it happened, but I can't play the other way. Like, yeah, I, man, I, I, Until weird. Dawn is a good example because Until Dawn did not have inverted controls. They patched it in later and I didn't play the game. So like during the shooting segments or like when you had an aim shot, I was like, fuck, like I, I, I couldn't, I like really struggled, you know? Yeah. It would have been so easy if I could have just, you know, it was like up in the right. So I would just jack down on the left stick and go that way or whatever. And, like, <laughs> I, and then I'm like in the other side of the screen, I'm like, fuck man. Like, I don't know. My brain doesn't work like this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, it would be awesome. What a waste of uh, fucking academic resources, but it would be an awesome study to figure out what is con, there's got to be a common bond between everyone that plays inverted. There has to be. Yeah, it is not a it is not a coincidence because I don't think it's something you necessarily learn. Yeah, like I, mean, I think it's the, the way you look at the world. I, <laughs> I really do. Like I really do. The only other thing with that though, the the closest parallel to it in my life has been skateboarding, where there's people that that have you you skateboarded right? So you're talking about goofy footed or yeah, yeah, whether you're goofy or regular or Mongo. Yeah, you which push, is which is fucking weird. And I do that like it. Oh, does, that's so weird. And it, and I, it <laughs> sucks. It sucks so bad. And like I look like a fucking idiot. So What's I, Mongo? I, I don't know. What you're Mongo's about. when you you push with your front, front foot, foot instead of your back, which is foot. so bizarre. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because the how do you is, balance? You just do, well. I guess. Yeah, no. I, just, I mean, it, it just makes sense. The balancing's fine, but the problem then you is must lean back. The the reason that I can't. Uh, that I have problems with it is that my I want to push down with my left foot to like mm. when I to to jump and shit. So it's like I don't know, man. Well, the so people that yeah, or the people that yeah push and then swing around, right? Well, that's what I do. Yeah. So yeah. that like so that yeah. So it's swinging forward instead yeah, of backward. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I've tried, but the problem is no, I can't push down with my right foot. Like I feel like when I'm trying to write with my left hand. Anyways, things are there. There's weird. definitely Mongo! There's definitely. <laughs> I've known I, I skated with a kid that skated like that. I think that you call him Mongo. No, I called him Mike. It's uh, <laughs> close to Mongo. <laughs> His name was Kevin. It was weird. <laughs> um, I haven't skated since college though, but I used to skate all the time. That brings back memories. I don't have it in me anymore. Mongo. I had a beautiful girl girl deck. That was my last. Uh, that was my last deck. It was awesome. Just a sky blue deck, all fucked up from whatever I did to it. Had a UV. Spray painted on top of it for uh, Uncle Vito, which was my friend's wannabe skateboard company, which I thought was so funny, which was named after my cousin, Uncle Vito. <laughs> <laughs> my find- cousin, Uncle Vito. Okay. Yeah, we call him Uncle Vito, but he was really my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You talk about my documentary, man. <laughs> um, all right. Final two questions. I got to find that deck. Rated Any 1998 says, greeting and salutations from Algeria. My question is, what do you think of the share button on the PlayStation 4? At first, I thought it was a gimmick, but after taking over a thousand photos, Whoa! I understand why Sony put this feature. I love it. I use it all the time. Like, I, For me, the big game changer was finally having video for Twitter. As somebody who doesn't Facebook, you know what I mean? What I was always doing is getting screenshots. And you look at... Uh, 
I'm going to toss a Vita game in here too, but same idea. But you look at Metal Gear when I was playing under Embargo and Persona uh, Dancing All Night when I was playing under Vita. I took so many screenshots and then when it was finally up, I could just post them whenever I wanted to or do whatever I wanted to. And now the fact that like I can jump in and show something cool or something broken or whatever with the video in nine seconds, I do it all the time. Just did it last night uh, with something. Mm. For me, it's always an accident. I always hit that button. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. fuck, I didn't, what's happening? I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. But every time I do that, whatever happens to be, I'm like, oh, that is cool. I wish yeah. like this is cool that I can do this. Oh. Yeah, it's one of those weird things of like, like I didn't think I'd use it. I thought I'd be using it for twitching, right? And then we got into all this stuff, and there's more. We have more professional ways to do twitch than that. I do it that way. Uh, use all this stuff, and then the rise of photo modes in games. Like I've, I every time I've ever heard of photo, I'm like, oh, whatever, you know, big deal. But when they added it to Arkham Knight, and I went in with the first, uh, the '89 Batman DLC and stuff, and went in and started screwing out that, I was like, man, this is actually fun. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's like moving Pokemon the camera around, getting yeah, exactly. Final question. Oh, do, what do you do? You don't give a fuck. It's a waste of a button. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that it's a button. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I I look at the PS4 controller. I study it sometimes. I just stare at it. Sure you do. And I'm like, there's just such a waste of space. Like, a the touchpad, touchpad. Like, this is so unnecessary. Like, it would have been cool to have, like, a few buttons there. Like, one would have been share, but I, I feel like we're missing a select button and, like, a menu button or something. I don't know. I just, I hit it sometimes, too, and it, I'm mistaken. It annoys the shit out of me. Sure. Oh, yeah. Final question. Jason versus 22 says, hey, guys, my question is with Battlefront out. I was wondering what you guys think visceral Star Wars game is. And when do you think it will come out? Oh, man, it's an Amy game. So it's a narrative game. I imagine it's heavily story based, right? It's story driven. That's what we're doing. We're running through playing as one person. Probably a Jedi. Maybe somebody who doesn't know they're a Jedi, but they'll become a Jedi. Mm. I bet there is a Sith Lord involved. Mm. I bet there's a bunch of dumb fucking aliens that don't make any sense. No Watto. Watto. Be there? No, no Watto, okay, I bet, cool. too. Maybe and when will it come out? Maybe the season pass. Don't Next fall? I think yeah. it's fall 2016. That when might be a little, we see that might be a first, little soon. E3. Yeah. I, or is Disney Celebration or whatever the fuck they call That's it? That's after E3, isn't it? What is it? D23. Yeah, what is that? Oh, it's after. After, okay. So no, it wouldn't be then. They need to give it some space. I think that would be something you'd see at EA's conference. Do, and you think it'll come out in the fall? Yeah. Okay. Although. Maybe spring. Although. Here we go. It doesn't make any sense. And like with with... With Mass Effect coming out at the same time from the oh, same publisher. Right, 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 That's right, right, weird. Right, right. I don't actually know. I don't know. Maybe spring 2017. They got to shit or get off the pot with that game, though, because, you know, the, the fucking zeitgeist is moving. Star Wars? Yeah. But it's no, moving. That's it's moving. It's, it's, it's in motion. And the longer Star, they are, But isn't there... A, here's the thing. Isn't there a Star Wars movie every fall now? No, uh, there is. Well, there's more than that. So next next year... This year we get episode seven. Yeah. Next fall we get Rogue One. Yeah. Next... The May after that is episode eight. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, okay. Interesting. But I figure... See, this is interesting with the Mass Effect wrinkle. Yeah, it doesn't make. What do they do with? Have they been saying? Have they been saying? Have they been stressing Mass Effect 2016? Or is that something? No, they said that in E3, but I don't know. One of those games has to. Well, not one of those. We don't know when the fuck the Star Wars game is coming out. But Andromeda is supposed to be 2016. See, I think it makes sense if you're Rogue One's next fall. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah, See, wouldn't you want to stay on the same time schedule? Have a where Battlefront was. Insert the Star Wars game. Move Mass Effect to the spring. But to Tim's point, if if Episode Eight comes out spring 2018, no 2017 then they can fit it in that March or so in between the movies. In between Rogue One and Episode Eight, I do think that they cannot release those games at the same time. I think that's a bad idea. They're going to cannibalize the Shadow of Mass Effect if they do that. Space. There's not enough space for both of them. And they, But they do need the shit to get off the pot because Visceral needs to probably make another one quickly. You know? So 2017 is Episode Eight. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, that topic brought to you by Loot Crate. Would you classify yourself as a geek gamer or a pop culture nerd? I this? would. Good. 
then this is the subscription box for you, Greg. For less than $20 a month, you get six to eight items of gamer and pop culture licensed geek gear. Well, they left out geek, so it threw me off. Gear, apparel, and collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and more. Make sure to head to lootgrid.com slash kfgames and enter code kfgames to save $3 on any new subscription. Not that long ago, and depending on where you live, not so far away. Loot Crate blasted off into a voyage across the galaxy. Searching the far reaches of space to find universally awesome gear. Using December Star Wars The Force Awakens loot as the launch pad. We, I love this. I love whoever wrote this. This is so good. Landed on some equally cosmic items from Halo 5 and more. With an exclusive Funko Pop and an exclusive shirt in this month's crate, this is the loot that you're looking for. Basically, loot crate's like a friend named Jack who knows yeah! what you love and surprises you with an awesome present every month. You have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. When the cutoff happens, that's it. It's over, Jack. So go to lootcrate.com slash kfgames and enter code kfgames to save $3 on your new subscription today. Build it, Jack. Beautiful. Thank you guys for joining me Thank you. on this beautiful, beautiful journey. For the big, beautiful kids. For the big, beautiful kids. <laughs> I'll see you guys next.